This podcast is brought to you by Doghouse Systems, elite gaming PCs engineered by gamers and for gamers. Use code TGIF to get a free weekend confirmed t-shirt and a $30 credit for slashloot.com. Go to www.doghousesystems.com to see what system is right for you. T-minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. We can confirm. Ignition. Liftoff. Liftoff. Happy holidays, everybody. Welcome to the holiday edition Weekend Confirmed. It's the Weekend Confirmed Christmas party. And it is a Christmas party. I feel like we are emceeing one of those amazing old 80s, you know, television extravaganzas. Yeah. It's like the Star Wars event. And, and yeah, and Perry Como is here and uh, <laughs> it, Mark Hamill is here. It is awesome. By the way, friends, thank you everyone so much for joining us. We have like a full studio of people to come in. We've got uh, Jason and Spicer and Indy Jeff Mattis here right now. Oh, hello. Spicer, <laughs> Canada. <laughs> Wait, it's the it's Festivus. Mm. So I love true. you, Canada. <laughs> I love exactly. you more. <laughs> there is a truce for today only. Yeah, it, this is awesome. There, there are so many people here, and actually, I don't know if you know this, but I'm actually recording what's happening in the other room. So How we'll are you see, doing that? I brought a little recorder. Yeah, we'll see if but it's wait, actually... is this playing out there also? So you well, hear this? Yeah, see, Dave is holding it up. We'll no, see no, if no, it's no. actually I mean, listenable. Zoom. Are our voices like out there yeah, they are. in the booth? In the mon- yeah, they are on the monitor. It's going to be unlistenable. <laughs> <laughs> but Excellent. it's probably a lot of fun over there because there's so many people here and everybody's having a good it's time. It's kind of, and kind of fantastic. Uh, liquor is flowing. We have we have booze. We have holiday music at all the breaks for you. We have holiday greetings from developers. We have holiday cookies. It's a big party, and I hope that you guys out there listening are also enjoying a fantastic holiday or uh, any other celebrations you have, because it's the end of the year, and you should just be celebrating regardless. And we're celebrating the best games of the year. We're going to be talking about all our favorites, all our all our top picks. Who's the guy with the segue? That was me. That's right. Well, that was me. A lot of good games this year, though. Oh my god, it's Dude. gonna it's gonna take tons of people and tons of time to talk about them. Maybe more than one show. And tons of nog. Maybe. I mean, we can carry over to the New Year's show, but we have yeah. we still have to do predictions mm. and trends and what's going to make those new consoles that you got under your tree or wherever you got them hot for next year. Yeah. Just turning them on will probably make them pretty hot. Yeah. <laughs> Stack them on top. Hopefully of they won't red ring. All right. Here's the... <laughs> and of course, Micah is giving us awesome National Lampoon screens in the, uh, in the monitor screen here in the studio. That's actually... I know a lot of people watch... Uh, a Christmas Story, and a lot of people watch Home Alone, and a lot of people watch Die Hard at this time of year. My my, my fiance and I, we always watch uh, National Lampoon's Christmas it's a good Vacation. One. That yeah. is that's definitely when to times. kick them off. Yeah, Shitter was full. Shitter was full. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that seems disgusting. Yeah. It's a great <laughs> it's movie. Kind though. of funny. All right, so here's the scenario: how this is going to work out. We got people rotating in and out. Everybody has prepped up their lists of best games of 2013, which will sort of work off. We're also going to work off though a chronological release list. To make sure that we don't leave anything out, of course, we will definitely leave something out, and someone will point it out immediately on the forums or on Shack News, or you know, maybe they'll just tweet at us. Oh my God, you guys are ridiculous! But we are not ridiculous. So speak for yourself. <laughs> last year started off pretty well, don't you think? I mean, we actually got into games fairly quickly. A lot. Well, that's of- because everything gets delayed. <laughs> everything that was supposed to be a twenty third or twenty twelve game, like Bioshock Infinite, for example. Right. Uh, well, Bioshock Infinite took a while to get. To the finish line. Right. That wasn't even actually first part of the last but year. That was, was going like to be a middle first, early, late, yeah, mid afternoon. That was supposed to be a fall release in 2012. That was supposed to be a 
game of the year contender last year. Yes. And, uh, What's your point? I'm just saying that. I think that's why and it'll happen again in 2014. It's like some of these games that slipped, like Infamous. and You know, looking at everybody's lists, I think one of the huge surprises of 2013, to me, immediately stands out that no one put Bioshock Infinite as their game of the year. And I think if you had asked people in 2012... Jeff, Jeff Mattis put as a contender. As contender. Yes, specifically for the intellectual impact the narrative had. Mechanics aside, it was one of the most intellectually satisfying stories. Now, I would say Last of Us, on the flip side of that, was the most emotionally satisfying story for me. Yeah. But no, no, no to Bioshock. Intellectually stimulating for the first hour and then disappoint. It didn't live up. We've had this offline a little bit, Jeff, but no. 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 And I think I agree with, with, oh, dang, I'm going to agree with Kanata. Yes. The first hour or two hours of that game is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then I just feel like it ditches all of that. It's, you know, builds up this race and uh, socioeconomic disparity in this city. And then the payoff, I won't spoil the, how it changed. I, I won't spoil it. But the way it resolves isn't about that stuff at all. And I understand, ooh, that's cool. And maybe that's a different intellectual question going on there. But I feel like it's a bait and switch that to say conceptually as a whole, that it's like intellectually stimulating. Okay, so I've heard this argument many times. Let me come at this Sorry, another okay, way. Yeah. What is it about this specific game that makes it so hard for you to change gears and say, oh, they want to tell a different story? Because it is almost Doctor Who-like in its ability Doctor to... what? Doctor Who. You remember this show that's on BBC? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I get it. You're saying Doctor mm-hmm. Who. It's also... It's it's similar sometimes the way Doctor Who shows are, in that they start off in one direction, right? Oh, the, Marcus is giving me the evil eye. It he just a, heard you say one it's direction. It's a good Doctor <laughs> Who reference. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's that there's a co- layers of complexity there, right? Like, they start off in one direction, and they lay this foundation that is that does have gravity in of itself, but then the twist is... Oh, it's not even about that. It's about a whole other bigger scene of of what's going on. You're right. But I think that we have a million games that are about two people (sighs) and their relationship and trying to save one and protect the other and all that. What we don't have are very many games about the juicy stuff that that they set up at the beginning. But that's not really the main story. It's about the nature of the universe. Yes. That's what what the game is about. And and I would say that... that, It's a magic place where magic happens. Let let me just say that the beginning of that game is very, very strong, very, very immersive. The, The undercurrents of racism and this sort of messed up, you know, society that they've created, very, very strong. But I don't know how you make... That's that's set dressing, right? For your game. That's not they're not making a game about, you know, racism and human relationships. That is a kernel that they're throwing out there to sort of flush out this larger story. And and if I can but that I want to jump in just for a second to build on that. I think maybe one of the differences is that Irrational built that set dressing better than almost any other game has ever done. Usually if there's a set dressing element in a video game, it's not done to that degree. It doesn't draw you into the set dressing and it sort of fooled us. Like it drew and that's us why into it's the so set- disappointing. That's but why it's disappointing. But maybe it's not disappointing. I mean, I actually have sort of over the course of the year mellowed on that because I was in the disappointment camp, but now as I continue to sort of digest what happened in the game, I realized that, well, the reason I was disappointed was because I got so drawn into that set dressing. And if I had allowed myself to see past that a little bit, they did actually tell a really cool story and they did some really awesome things with it. It just, it took me in a direction that was so unexpected that it felt like, wait, wait, you set me up on all this stuff and I wanted that. I will say this. I think Bioshock Infinite's in my top 10 of the year. That, oh, without it, doubt. It's also in my top 10. It yeah. would not, I don't know if it would make the top five. And before people get too mad at me for just 
cutting off Jeff Madison saying no and whatever and starting this discussion. What I do love about Jeff and, and like our relationship is that we have very different views on games. And there are games, like I'll listen to you on this podcast and I, I had never considered playing GTA V before because I know it's not my style of game. But I listen to you talk about it and the adventures that you have and the way that you view this world and same with Bioshock. And I love that you're able to see that and pull that stuff out of it. So I'm sure there are listeners out there that get that same reaction. So just because... I don't think it was good and intellectually stimulating. I'm not telling listeners that they shouldn't. I mean, they shouldn't, but I'm not saying. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> I'm not no, saying you shouldn't, but you know. I'm implying it. But you're, like, you're on Team Spicer. <laughs> you're right. All right. Do you feel that like it's a missed opportunity, though, to not kind of dive into the um, stuff that they were talking about in the beginning of the game versus the ending, which is like, yeah, completely different than what the game originally was talking about. I think that that the scope of the story by the time it gets to the end where you're actually realizing that these are multiple realities sort of threaded on top of each other, I think that that I mean, yes, because because that one instance of the of the world that you experienced is sort of malleable based on all of these factors and all these different alternate realities. So, this was one all of these different alternate timelines that you play through are different segments and they're sort of not all linked together directly. It's not a chronological sort of experience. So um, I think when you're telling a story like they wanted to tell about, you know, I don't know, these lofty concepts like string theory and like how different, you know, how they're, how there are a million points of light from each decision tree and how those all affect. I think that that was the main thing that they were focusing on. And because that opening was so strong, I don't just necessarily disagree with you. Like I would love to see a game that sort of explores what the beginning of that game was doing in more detail. Uh, you know, similarly, I'm really excited about the Assassin's Creed. Yeah, 4 that, DL- that's what I was thinking DL- about. I was like, DLC. that game, yeah. that DLC looks more interesting to me. I mean, because that's a uh, you know an opportunity or kind of subject that most people would not approach. Total, totally, unless agree. you're doing movies, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, absolutely. So that that is, I think that those subjects need to be tackled. I think that. Bioshock, and the reason I say it's my most intellectually satisfying game of the year is because the emotional ride that I went on was very similar to what you guys are talking about, where I was invested and and I really didn't start thinking about the the larger picture until I was done with the game. And then there were there were actually enough questions and how they tied things together for me that I went through and played it again, specifically looking for things that I was I was basically trying to validate certain theories I had about the characters and their relationships and all that sort of stuff. I think it's a narrative that you could write, you know, college thesis papers about, you know, just from a narrative perspective and what they're saying about physics and the relationship of man to his world and that sort of stuff. But yes. so not to put Jason on the spot as he does work for Naughty Dog, how much of the single singular focus of narrative direction helped the last of us stand out by contrast then because if if bioshock infinite turned you in a twist and that twist detracted from the from the way it pulled you then how much by contrast did last of us grip you because it was dedicated to its narrative thrust you know wholeheartedly there were not there was not a set dressing and a twist there was this is our game this is the story well, that's and, and it yeah. and it crescendos in the very last moment the, the very last moment of that game is a gut punch. And so smartly yeah. playing off of its prologue. Yeah. Where, like, I feel like uh, Inf- Bioshock started with one thing and that was awesome and then kind of went a different way and then got back to something else. I feel like Last of Us started with something that was awesome and then as you play it, it's foreshadowing what happens. I mean, it's it's telling a story in such a 
a traditional way, and I, I mean that as a great thing, where it's like if you pay attention at the front of the game, you can figure out a lot. Like when the end happens, it's not like you get punched in the face like, oh, wow, that was crazy. It was like, oh, shit, this makes sense. These characters earned all of this. Mm-hmm. And that that's what drew me in. That's why I love that game. I, I think it's got some of the best, you know, digital acting we've seen in any game to date. And uh, I think it's it's for me, you know, whereas Bioshock was intellectually like I loved getting in there and seeing breaking out how the machine worked and all the pieces of the narrative. Last of Us gripped me in a very like personal powerful way um much more akin to the sort of emotional experience you'd have watching the film and getting Mm -hmm. to know these characters and and traveling along with them it was much more intimate um intimate of an experience whereas bioshock by its nature and how large the the concept was was more of a you know mechanical the mechanics of the narrative sort of excited me a bit more and these probably stand at least to my mind as the two top contenders for that high concept sort of uh and i hate triple a because triple a is really a marketing term but that high concept big budget 60 dollar release game i mean there's not gta 5 but i think of that more in terms of open world and diversity oh, you think i, that, I mean saying. i mean i think that you know these are two games that were really committed to to taking a narrative that meant something you know dramatic and emotional to you I mean, i'm not saying that i'm not trying to diminish the stories of the three protagonists in grand theft auto because you know, they're still interesting journeys, but they're they're somewhere more in graphic novel territory. Mm-hmm. You know, they're 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 a little more caricatured. They're a little more, and, and it's hard to say about Bioshock Infinite because it is obviously a more fantastical tale. Obviously, Last of yeah. Us is very very you know, Bioshock is definitely pulpy. It's very pulpy. And, it's uh, a good point. Yeah, and and I would say Last of Us is more grounded and, but it still had higher like uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Higher aspirations, intellectual oh. aspirations, mm-hmm. right? You know, there it, it's. It does start off with those stories about, you know, politics and class warfare and all of those sorts of things. And then when it shifts gears, it shifts to high sci-fi. Right. So it's, it's like, it's either, you know, there so is no middle ground. trying too hard? Like, do you think, I, cause That's good what I'm hearing is question. like, they have like a good start and an interesting ending with Bioshock, right? Mm. Versus The Last of Us. And I'm not trying to play favoritism at all. Sure. But it was um, perfect. But I think, <laughs> <laughs> but I think, yeah, The Last of Us in our game had, uh, very linear story that we knew exactly what we wanted to tell absolutely or like neil and bruce knew exactly what they wanted to tell and with that being said like does bioshock kind of get hurt by having the huge change in the story and also trying to like go for this like crazy huge lofty idea versus ours being a little bit more uh finite i guess idea i felt like last of us was more centered in that i really personally identified with those characters and really got to know them and really felt for them. And there were emotional beats that I didn't get out of Bioshock. Um, Bioshock is, yeah, I mean, it's, it, like I said, it, it has great characters, but not as great. And I think that as the story evolves, it really, you have to sort of detach yourself from those characters and look at the way that the world is working and the way that these timelines are working and how they're going to be able to achieve their goals, if at all. And it, my my perspective is a little different. I, th- I I feel like Bioshock didn't fail because it overreached. I, I think it failed because it took these complex ideas and put them in service of something that was too simplistic for me. Uh, like, I wanted a more complex, interesting, subtle tale. And what I got was really sort of very pulpy very uh good guys are good bad guys are bad and it's you know it's hard to change your life and it's it's really more simple about 
a guy and a girl. You know, and I think that in the end, a lot of people are like, well, it's a story about these two characters, which it was. But for me, that was where disappointment lay well, because I've, yeah. I wanted, I wanted the, the, the grandeur of the science fiction ideas and also the grandeur of the sort of socioeconomic and political statements to have more weight and be more substantial. And what those things, as you said, were a backdrop to what is really a very kind of simple tale that employs science fiction and employs those things to really tell the tale of this guy at a crossroads in his life. And here we hit the beauty of this discussion, which is that these are both excellent games, both fantastic games, and it does allow the the video game world to be subjective. You know, which which one do you prefer? And I think there's a number of people that fall each way. So out of the out of the panel we have in here right now, either of these games game of the year for anyone here? The Last of Us. From the moment I played it to finished it, was never dethroned. It's my game of the year. Oh, okay. one of awesome. the best games. My one of my favorite gaming experiences ever. Wow. Yeah. It's high my, high praise. It's my number two. It's your number two. Yeah. So it's my number six. And 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 where? So it's your number six. <laughs> yeah. And in the hierarchy, where is Bioshock Infinite? It's in the top ten there, somewhere like so. Uh, so or the nine. question is, which one? Which one higher or lower? If it wasn't, it's definitely lower than Last of Us. I, I prefer the so experience Last of Us over Last of over Bioshock. Yeah. Last of Us for you, Jeff, over Bioshock Infinite. Yeah, by by it. By a hair, yeah. But I, I, Jason's biased. We know it's, we know he's going to go with Last of Us. He never played it. He didn't even say it's his game of the year. (laughs) By the way, hold hold the phone. What is your game of the year, Jason? Uh, Actually, I would say Brothers. Wow. Now, see, I think I was actually going to bring that up when you were talking about. uh, And this is me choosing not to have Last of Us as my game of the year. Like if I was not by, like if I didn't work in High Dog, I think I would have Last of Us as my game of the year. But if I like take that out of the story, which one or out of the question, which one did I enjoy out of all the games I played and had a relationship with was Brothers. I mean, I have a younger brother. Which in brother. three hours does an amazing job yeah, of yeah. playing. I think that it deserves to be in this specific conversation as okay. well because it, it definitely fits into the narrative as interactivity yep. uh, discussion, which I think the first Bioshock did extraordinarily well, which is so, sort of the the ideas communicated by that game only exist because it's interactive because I am choosing to participate. And in the same way, uh, brothers communicates the relationship between those two brothers through interactivity, which is a beautiful expression of video game as storytelling medium, because it's not just, Hey, watch a cutscene, which is basically a movie, which is basically a, a, you know, a different kind of storytelling medium. We're not employing that here. We're employing like, Oh, my left hand is doing this. My right hand is doing this. It's hard to sync those up. Oh, maybe that's akin to how hard it is for these two brothers to act Get along together. Well, you know what? I can I like, can even give you I can take that comparison to another plane above that for me. For me, Brothers comes in above Bioshock Infinite, below Last of Us, but above Bioshock Infinite because it hit on both aspects and games are still games and I still want to have that playing engagement and I did not find the playing engagement of Bioshock Infinite up to the caliber of the narrative aspirations for the game. Yeah, I, I, Brothers is my number four. <laughs> I mean, I have I've wow. them all. You really, you really have this like numbering system <laughs> yeah, down. Yeah, I've been diving. Yeah. I was actually up until the last minute we got here still trying to like, do I really have to, if I don't give a game of the year, people are going to be like, you cop out, son of a bitch. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, so I'm going to have to give one, but I, I hate I having think, to give one because there's so many games that to me are game of the year for well, me. It, it gets down to, you can, you can talk about best of class, but then at the end of the day, this is such a strong year. It comes down to mm-hmm. which game did I personally connect with the most? Like right. which one really pushed my buttons? Like know? I, I talked about it a couple episodes ago, probably, I don't know, whatever it was, but for me, this is just, 
And I think the the CAG cast with Cheapy, and they do a good job of this. It's not game of the year. For me, these are my favorites. Right. And this is yes. my favorite game because I haven't played Assassin's Creed 4. I haven't. Right. But even so, it's all subjective. And right. it, it should be about favorites. It's like, that's that's what it's about. And just real quick, we don't have to get into these, but in case I rotate out of here, which is great. I just want to mention Call of War as Gunslinger. I saw you had that down. So no, don't, don't, you can't be fast. We, we're definitely going to talk about all these games. And you'll okay. get to rotate back. We're going to rotate in and out. So how did... I think you are the only person who included Juarez in that list. Wait, before we go there, though, let, yes. I want, Jason, I kind of cut you off. I want to hear why you put Brothers oh, yeah. as your uh, jump in. As well, your game, making it completely knock out Last of Us from even considering in your mind. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, this is not an exit interview. We have not talked to Amy or anybody. You're, you're all right. <laughs> put the resume away, bro. You're okay. It's all good. No, for me, um, I... Like you guys are saying, like I feel there's a lot of great games this year, and it is relatively hard to figure out, like okay, which game stood out the most for me? Because um, I had a fantastic time playing GTA Five, and I think that tells tells a completely different story, had totally different experiences. Um, but personally, it came down to the fact that I have a younger brother, and over the past couple of years, you know, our relationship, you know, us being younger, brothers bicker, and we have different things. But us actually, like once we kind of started to become more adults we had a we learned how to you know communicate with each other and work together and help each other out and this game just like by the time it came out when it came out it just had that impact with me personally so that's how come really it stands out like it's not really on mechanics or the art style which i really liked um or even the story as a whole it's just the timing of it all just fit perfectly with what is actually going on with my life that's so I'm more personal. That's, that's really cool. <laughs> that's a great reason. That yeah. is a really it synced cool up to moment. that time you fought ogres in that cave. <laughs> yeah. That's like I'm playing my hey, that's, that's my brother's and I story. Okay, no. <laughs> While you're up on the mic there, what else? What else got into your list then? That's by the way, that was pretty powerful. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> no, it was really awesome. It's um, very cool. I think it comes down to a certain thing. Like Tearaway <laughs> was great. I really, 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 really enjoy that story. And that's one where I take, um, where it has like a whole nother experience of being like you. And this is like no pun for you in the game, but um, that whole experience was just really different. And I think they really, and it's probably one of the only games to really show how cool the Vita can be. Not being a Sony PR man, but I think that one like really showed uh, unique aspects of the hardware. It, it was it was little deviant. It was what little deviant wanted to be when little deviant first came out, right? Pretty yeah, much, they, they yeah, wanted to much. show what the hardware could do, including like back touch and front touch and all these cool interactions. And no one, no one got it. No one got it. No one got it. Oh, Media Molecule just hits it out of the park. You know what Tearaway taught me? Uh, it's that uh, when I'm sitting on my couch slouching playing a video game, I look terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I look terrible because every time I appeared in the sun, I was like, "Oh my god, move the camera! What move the, the camera. hell do I look like right now?" I really should put some pants on. <laughs> or at least a sock. <laughs> I say that all the time. Uh, I really like Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider as well was pretty interesting. I think it's because it had... Um, oh, we're definitely going to talk about Tomb Raider. It's closely related to other, another product that Naughty Dog puts out, so it had like an interesting aspect for me. And um, I think... Sick burn. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it... As much as probably it got some slack, I feel like, um, I think it told a pretty cool story. I felt... Uh, an interesting relationship with Laura, Lara, and um, I had a fun time playing that story. So I know we have it on now. We have we have Christmas Amazing. vacation now. Playing it's actually Christmas in, in the studio. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> uh, 
Um, yes, uh, uh, Tomb Raider is prominently on my list as well. Number five. It's funny, Jason, my, my Tomb Raider review that I wrote, I also very much enjoyed the game, but the review was called Tomb Raider Uncharted Territory. <laughs> and that's very much the way I felt. I mean, like, like as much as I loved it, I was like, be careful kids, clever headlines. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but I mean, I mean, I, I think that as much as I liked that game, it got further away from what I wanted a Tomb Raider game to do. And that's sort of why I think, I mean, I brought this up on the show before, but like at Assassin's Creed four kind of scratches a lot of those exploration ish, you know, things and treasure hunting and all that stuff that Tomb Raider sort of, pushed to the side in lieu of being more of a action which is so funny because you know i am the vehement defender of lara and tomb raider as that tomb raider Mm -hmm. and yet i haven't finished my numbering list because i just was i made sure that i know which one i want to put as my game of the year right but the tomb raider might be my number one runner-up and it wasn't until i finally just said you know what it is what it is and i'm gonna let go of that baggage and let this game be what it is right that I, I there were so many parts of that game that I loved. Yeah, and we're gonna have to come back and talk about it because we're so gonna good. we're gonna take a break here in a second. But well, I want to like show right, Christian. Call, call of Christian brings in Call of Juarez. Yeah. Oh sure, and real quick, my review for Uncharted Four is <laughs> Uncharted Four. Laura, this is how you raid tombs. That's uh, a <laughs> uh, Call of Juarez is was so unexpected, so unexpected and fun. I played it on PC. I thought it looked beautiful. Um, and it's, it's a fun, it's a pulpy story. You're, you know, you're this cowboy and you're narrating your story. You're in the bar and you're like, well, this is what really, I did, that's not what, this is what happened. And then you play through this imaginary and someone calls you out like, no, no, there weren't a hundred Indians there. There were, and it's, you know, set, people aren't PC. There weren't a hundred Indians there. There were only four. Is that right? Oh, maybe. And like insurmountable <laughs> odds change to four and you just kill them. That's how I got past that. The gunplay feels really good. It was $15. It, Again, it's not a game of the year. It's a favorite of the year. And it's a game where I would come home late from shows and stay up later, stay up till three in the morning to play and finish. And I think that speaks volumes for it. And then the weight and the gunplay is outstanding. See, yeah, I feel the same with, with Call of Duty Warriors. I felt like, whoops, did I say Call of Duty? Call, Call of Duty Warriors. <laughs> Call of Duty Warriors. <laughs> Call of Warriors. Every they, day. They <laughs> wished they could have called that game that. Call of Warriors, like, fit it's where I wanted. Um, <laughs> Red Dead's gameplay, uh, Red Dead's uh, gunplay to to, to yeah. be really, yeah. Like I had a fantastic time just destroying people left and right in that game. And then yeah, you tack on the stuff with how the game would change and its unique way of changing uh, set pieces. I guess you would say, um, just made it super fun. I totally would say it's a in my top ten. And it didn't overstay its welcome, which I think is great. Had it been. 15 hours I'm like you Spicer alright guys so that's the end of my segment uh, <laughs> Jeff Kanata eat a dick and uh, alright we, we have a little uh, yeah. is food here oh, and it's the best Call of War's game right all Right. we have a holiday greeting yeah. coming up for you and then we've got some music and when the music stops it'll be find a chair time there'll be new folks here stick around we will be right back alright so it might not have enough time left to get it for a Christmas gift but many of you will get uh, you know money i guess for christmas it is it is the gift of uh, all gifts the gift of kings they shall bring you a ransom of money uh frankincense yes. myrrh new pc that's what new i think PC. Yeah, yeah, if you're a real PC. wise man you would uh want a new pc for christmas and as you know uh great new sponsor or i guess they're no longer new great sponsor of the show very happy to have them here with us doghouse computers both jeff and i uh, play our games on our doghouse pcs which we love very much 
And this would be a great time if you are in the market to go look at their site, doghousepcs.com. Or actually, doghouse, doghouse systems. PC, systems. Right? Yeah. I have it right here. I should actually make sure that I have that right. Doghousesystems.com. There you that would go. Be the right place to go. <laughs> anyway, they do a full line. They they show you a bunch of pre-configured systems. They have a number of uh, different cases you can go into. As I've talked about before, I went into the uh, big mid tower because I needed a big tower, and I got the adorable cube. Yeah, well, uh, I like my cube. Actually, it's very cool looking. I like my tower. It, you know, the, the thing is that well, you're uh, a little country. I'm a little rock and roll. Uh, I think I'm more rock and roll. All right, I'll be I don't know. Uh, so the thing is, they use all the sort of industry standard components that if you were sitting there choosing i want to build like this this is what i would build with you know my case is a cooler master tower and it's it's a really nicely done one and they used a very nice closed loop uh liquids cooling system on the cpu yeah the construction quality is really what my favorite part of buying from them is because i could build my own computer i have done but these guys do it right (laughs) they take the time they take the care they have the uh, expertise to really put it together test it they have a burn-in period for the for the computers and they have support if anything goes wrong it is it is a machine that when i pop the door on it to you know every so often clean it out and just make sure everything's happy inside there i go it's like that scene in pulp fiction where it's just gold shining on your face just like I just uh, it's not like that it's just i sort of look at it and go yeah if i built machines all day long this would be what i would want my machines to look like right. and and i remember like when i used to make my own i'd be all particular about you know i'm gonna get the i'm gonna get the thermal paste onto the cpu just right I'm about my, and you know what i don't have to worry about any of that stuff anymore and i'm yeah. very 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 happy super excited and and happy to have a doghouse system and they've got shirts to give away of ours they, they do indeed so uh, if you use code tgif at your purchase you'll get a free weekend confirmed t-shirt it's the only way to get them at this point and a 30 dollars credit on slashloot.com. Uh, as we said they have a bunch of different systems from performance laptops through cubes through uh full-on you know tower systems you're looking at me funny Jeff. no it's, great. it's funny i have that tower I love by the way it. the towers do not have neon lights and all that bullshit it's yeah it is <laughs> they look cool and i and by the way if you have i didn't bullshit is not the nice thing to say i should say it's not that kind of system although i think you can get system lighting inside of it because you can get a window door on it anyway doghousesystems.com for high-end powerful gaming computers That greeting from the chipmunks. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm it's so not, nice I, that the chipmunks took their time to give us a greeting. I'm thinking that was probably not what was intense, anticipated. <laughs> Mike is like raising his hands. Well, apparently that was one of the greetings that is incredibly sped up and now the time the time sync is not correct. So maybe we'll go back. And- but if listeners at home want to slow down this. You, you can, can find the hidden message. It's like, you can find the, Satan wants to kill all of you. Hey, this yeah, is a you, nice you Christmas to, you show. Have, you have to slow it down and you have to reverse it and then like <laughs> turn it into a QR code. I think. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, so now we're joined by uh, Shaq News' Andrew Yoon. Uh, do have, I have to say something? Well, yes, so they can identify <laughs> your voice. Uh, 
I, I hope that people have been listening to, to me this long This could be enough. somebody's first episode, dude. It's a weird one to jump into. And they will never listen again. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then we've got a couple of game trailer uh, esteemed alumni. We have Shane Satterfield. Happy Holidays. And you know him as the Annoyed Gamer, but he is not playing Annoyed today. He's going to be the Happy Gamer, Marcus Beer. Bah humbug. My his, Happy Gamer! His heart grew three <laughs> sizes today! And so did my penis looking at you in that t-shirt. <laughs> well, I can't blame you for that. <laughs> can't blame you for that. <laughs> this theme is just going to keep going yeah. right through. The, it's going to sled hey, Matt, right through the I'm middle of the We've We decided not show. to fight the chemistry. You can't. You can oh, cut dear. it with a knife, but you can't fight it. All right, so you guys uh, were out there listening in the other room, and I hear that we had a uh, Bioshock Infinite fan. It wasn't well, me. we were drinking in the other room. That was... Yeah, well, we're drinking here, too, so it's all good. <laughs> and Shane, you got Bioshock Infinite as your game of the year. So counterpunch that real quickly before we move on. What do you mean by counterpunch? How did it make, it, how did it make your top? What were you, what, where would you tell us that we went wrong in our assessments? Well, I would never say anyone went wrong. You know, it's everyone's opinion. So diplomatic. And I'm just being honest. I think when you get to the top of the list for 2013, you're really kind of splitting hairs. Uh, and you kind of get to the place where whatever your personal preferences are in games is kind of what takes over. There really isn't a clear cut game of the year in 2013. At least I don't think in my opinion. I don't think there's one game that's head and shoulders above the rest. But not by virtue of them being poor, by virtue of so many good ones. Right. Okay. Well, I also I think maybe in hindsight you look back across 2013. I mean, I kind of actually prepared for your show today and put awesome. together a list of games and honestly, after you get past 10 or 12 games, it's not so good. Well, really? It's, it's been what, what, I've been saying this for the last couple of weeks. Last year was a great year for lots of great games. But this year has been, there have been better quality games than last year, but less of them. Okay. So a smaller top, smaller top 5%. Quality over quantity this, this time around. Somewhat quality and quantity last time around. All right. So Marcus, what's, uh, what's at the top of your quality list for the year? It's, um, you know, you don't, you don't have to go right out with game of the year you, or you okay. can, if you want to, since you did select, but uh, actually Marcus and I were talking in the break and we we're like, man, it's so hard to pick one. I'm I'm just going to run through the sort of like the uh, top eight in no particular order. So I've got Injustice Gods Among Us, Ooh, which that's I, an, I did enjoy. I didn't see any. I did not see many other people include that. So how did that make it from just being a fighting game into your top games of the year list? I like the way it was written. I mean, I, I'm a comic book geek anyway. Okay, and from that so immediately side had the it, poll there. It had the poll, and I'm not a huge fighting guy, but I actually really did enjoy it. I really did. I've spent a lot of time playing it. Marcus playing a fighting game? Exactly. That's a little weird. What the hell happened to you in the last 12 months? <laughs> well, seriously, Injustice came out, and I liked it. Wow. Um, Metro Last Light, which I played on the PC, which was one of my more enjoyable PC experiences. That is on more than one person's list, including mine, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and, and still feels like, despite us all yelling about don't overlook the game, that it still got overlooked. Oh, it, it really got overlooked. So frustrating. And it's such an excellent game. I mean, I've said this before. That it reminds me of this Half-Life kind of you know game that we never really got you know, with Half-Life 2 you know, and Half-Life 3 disappearing up its own ass. Yeah, so you know, if, if, if with the games we were talking about in Bioshock Infinite and Last of Us had high narrative aspirations, I think that a game like Metro Last Light just has high... Uh, Atmosphere. In, in, atmosphere. Exactly. High atmosphere aspirations. This just puts you into this like crazy futuristic society of a post-apocalypse that everything has gone demonic and crazy and awful and be very convincing. It's at incredibly it. enjoyable and satisfying. I mean, it just, you know, takes you along at a fair old click. Doesn't pretend to be anything more than it is, but it's just really, really enjoyable. I got to go back to that game. I, I, I bought it and I played it for a few hours and I got sidetracked on something, but 
Uh, I gotta go Ooh. back to that. I think, I think you were playing game. on PC, were you? Yeah. Oh my god, on yeah. Ultra Settings, that game is stunning. It's gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. Who needs next gen consoles? Actually, I think my favorite thing about that game though is that you can just watch. Remember that show that that's playing that like uh, vaudeville show that happened. Yes, like, it's nuts. In the you can in the... you can just sit there for like an hour and just watch it. You know, uh, that's how much detail that they put into it. And that's why a game like this would probably outrank or does outrank Bioshock, which doesn't make my top ten because mm. I loved a lot of the stuff in Bioshock initially. But as I said on this show several months ago when we discussed it i felt like i was still viewing the world from behind a pane of glass mm-hmm. and i couldn't reach out and interact which i didn't have that problem with uh bioshock with um metro, metro and putting it into this ones. sort of conversation i think actually it is tough to argue that infinite out atmospheres metro last light or i'd say it's i think i would say it's an easier argument to make that atmosphere <laughs> Sorry, I'm totally apart. distracted. I just looked up into like. That's the scene where he's like, "It's a bit nipply out." <laughs> yeah. uh, I think it's I a little easier. One. I think it's a little easier for Metro to pull that off, though. I mean, okay. you're not really interacting with hardly anyone or rarely anything. Uh, there's a fair amount of interaction. It, I mean, it's just it's it's. I think it's done the same way. Actually, as it's Infinite. like here's there this are, world has been wiped out, and here's some monsters, and it is atmospheric, and I agree with that. But I think it's a lot stations, easier to pull that off. When you're in the off. stations, there's a good bit of interaction. And I would say that, you know, the first Bioshock for me had more atmosphere and, uh, you know, cannot uh, disagree, with that. Agree with, that. Yeah. Can't yeah. disagree uh, with that than, than Infinite. I mean, I was, Agreed. I think we were all Even expecting Bioshock this too. to be an yep. evolution. as well. Um, so I think that, you know, like I said, that was the problem. I was just disappointed in how limited I felt in this world that I really wanted to get into. Right. Well, and then once they started getting to that spot where they had to start iterating world on world on world because you're jumping between them, it's like, okay, that obviously starts to detract from any one of them because now you're, you know different slices and everything's changing all the time it's very malleable all right so i want to throw out another game that was on my list nino cooney oh it's on mine beginning of the year has been it's one of those ones that's made a few lists but seems to have you know again came out in january got totally shagged over uh by a lot of people and, and it was last a, year for japan so some people might discount it for that and i think it will stun a lot of people that a jrpg has made my top 10 list because it just feels like the jrpgs i used to play mm-hmm. on my ps1 well, and it's got fabulous depth, has a great monster raising uh, uh, setup inside how you build your team. It has great storytelling, has beautiful music, has fantastic environments. It just it hits on all of the beats that make those games fun. It's tidy, man. It's, it's tidy. 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 It's tidy, isn't it? It's tidy, isn't it? When I, was, when I was, I may have told the story before, so forgive me, but uh, when I, I purchased the 3DO, and uh, one of the reasons that I purchased it uh, eagerly, excitedly, is because it came with a disc that uh, upon which was placed an episode of Batman the Animated Series. And I was just so blown away that I could put a disc into a console and watch a cartoon. And I dreamed of the day when video games would look like cartoons and I could actually manipulate people. And to think Nino Cooney exists is just miraculous to, to that sentiment as that at that age because and it's not just any cartoon it's a miyazaki it's like holy crap playing a miyazaki cartoon and it's quite beautiful game absolutely in my top five for the year absolutely in my top five for the year well i mean i love jrpgs so no one's gonna find that a surprise for me like they would i used to i really don't they don't resonate with me anymore that one i just i was one of the most happy experiences of playing so i have a controversial choice for you oh lego marvel superheroes huh I, I haven't think, played it. I don't think any of the Lego games are controversial so much as unplayed because there have been so many of them now by the by the media like us and yet beloved by their fans. I would say this one is the best one. Okay. Certainly it's the pinnacle of the game the gaming systems. They've refined everything. They've got 
all the bugs out of the system. It's got this huge world to explore. Um, and that make that makes my top 10, probably not, you know, not top five, but it's just such a great game to enjoy that you can play with all ages. Mm-hmm. And it does refine and build on the Lego gameplay. I mean, I didn't like Lord of the Rings. I'm not excited for Hobbit, but Lego Marvel just had everything. And it's almost like, it, 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 I had the same feeling when I first put the Lego Star Wars original trilogy in for the very first time. That was my first Lego game. And it was just so much fun. Mm. And that's what it's about. It's dumb, fun, with a little saucy sense of humor, that British sense of humor they really bring to it. And I think anybody who's Not surprisingly it, Traveler. Well, yeah. I mean, it, they just do it so well. But I think this this one's the, their pinnacle game. And I would, What's I would buy different that? about it, though, from the 50,000 other Lego it. games that have come out? Well, that's, that, that's the thing. It's, it's one of those ones that it's, it's finally got all the polish right. It's the, I mean, they were polished. The, They're very simple they games. Were, were, it's very easy. But they had, they had a lot of repetitive bugs, glitches. Um, uh. And they've, inter- they've introduced a lot, uh, you know, a lot of additional stuff over the ones. Like I said, I mean, I played, I've played all of them. It has a lot of open world element to it, right? Uh, yeah, it does work very well. Um, and it's one of those ones that you can sit down and play with the kids or, you know, play with whoever you want and just have a silly fun time, which is what, let's face it, we're talking about video games and we can be silly and fun. I like that video games. I think that your, your argument about that versus Lord of the Rings resonates because the entire thrust of what they were doing with Lord of the Rings was all about, we have all of the actors voicing the characters. And that was never what Lego was about anyway. Yeah. And Lego is all about having your own imaginary playland. I mean, all of us can remember back to when we were kids and played with toys like that. And and we were having... <laughs> What more recently than that? Or, or whatever, right? But I mean, I the asked, whole point I of asked for Legos for this Christmas. <laughs> I really did. Awesome! It's not why we, you <laughs> no know, we do what that. we do. I mean, we're, we're catering to our inner child. Yeah, and you're projecting your imagination. You don't necessarily even want the the actors' voices. You want to have that dialogue, you know, within your imagination. I well, mean, actually, they, the, the newest games are voiced. Yeah. Also, Legos are really expensive. Fucking <laughs> expensive, so, dude! Like, I don't, I don't, I, I'm, so expensive. I'm amazed that it's for kids, because you really do have to be quite rich in order and to And it's quite amazing, to too, because them. Lego just lost the copyright not too long ago. Just a few years ago, they lost the, or whatever, the patent, whatever it is. Uh, and so there's all these competitors. You see the Halo is like Mega Bloks, and there's all these competitors. And they, for, for all the time that I grew up, they had a complete... Um, complete uh, a monopoly on the snap together of that specific so there was no compatible why has no one made a compatible. minecraft block set they have oh they have there's a bunch I mean, of them. it seems like it would sell bajillions there's a bunch of them but why would you make a minecraft lego set when that's what so minecraft you can is. <laughs> you could create your own games room put your, your your console or your pc inside and play minecraft inside your minecraft building what the flip Meta. Um, we, uh, but, but I'm just surprised that, th- that that hasn't driven prices down because now there's comp- competition. But Lego's well, it's Lego's the additional stuff. licenses. I actually bought some stuff for my nephews over Christmas. I was like, oh, he likes the uh, the superhero stuff. I'll get him the Batcave. And it, he lives in the UK. 110 pounds. I love my nephew, but I'm not spending 110 pounds on it. Sorry. And dude, and now they got like Ninjago and Chima. They're awesome. Chima's like anthropomorphic animals which are super rad yeah. looking yeah, no, yeah. Uh, and they have movies based on them too so rad also I just checked uh, lego.com for the, their minecraft set they're currently out of stock until January 13th so I guess uh, Whatever. I guess I guess the kids are really wanting lego minecraft well yeah. this is the thing that, that, that is bizarre to me why don't you just buy a bunch of green and brown blocks and make your own <laughs> minecraft world <laughs> you should just tell the kid to go out back hit the tree with his fist until some wood comes off, yeah, and build some shit. Oh, it's like here's a shovel. And next thing go you know, dig he's the yard. A, a bunker in the backyard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's yeah. like, "Mom, the sun's gonna go down. <laughs> the creepers are coming, Mama." 
All right, what do you got next? Um, it's like great how you took control. I love this. Well, you know, you I know you like that. Um, <laughs> all right, what else have I got on there? Uh, Tomb Raider, which has been discussed. I thought that was a great, you know, a great way to start the year again. I mean, Nino Cooney and Tomb Raider just out the gate were absolutely, absolutely. adorable. Um, <laughs> the best pirate game ever that didn't need the words Assassins and Creed attached to it. Uh, Black Flag. I thought that was just so much fun. And uh, yeah. It's really surprising coming off of AC3, you know, because I thought AC3 was pretty much the low point of the series. I loved AC3. I'll go with Revelations as being the low point because yeah, I I liked AC3 because I love that period of history because it's very interesting to me. Um, And that, you know, I could get over the loss. Do I look like I give a shit? <laughs> he moved here after all. Exactly. I'm, it's part of a plan to re- reclaim the country. You know, I do agree with Andrew a little bit, though, that I feel as if listening across the entire spectrum of everyone talking about Game of the Year stuff, as if there are folks who feel almost sort of reluctant to put AC4 out there in, in the wake of AC3, right? It's like, oh, but that you know ac3 was supposed to be the big game and yet we don't think it really lived up to that but boy ac4 actually yeah but a lot of people do think ac3 lived up to it i mean true i mean you can't more, just but, look at a message board on the internet and say oh oh yes i can all of a sudden everybody oh, yes, hates it like i think that's a problem with our industry in general is that people look at message boards and a couple of dudes go on there and say i hate this it sucks and then all of a sudden that's like the pervading sentiment on a game you talk to a lot of people who played ac3 who don't maybe work in our industry, they love the hell out of it. So, right. well, that's, okay. well, that's why they make one every year. So. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I think I think the hesitation isn't because of uh, AC3's reception. I think the hesitation is like, well, it's an annualized game, and I think a lot of us we we sort of want to be on that high horse and be like, well, no, games shouldn't be made every year like that. We shouldn't award Game of the Year to something that that turned out like a like a product and not a hmm. not an artistic endeavor. Unfortunately, uh, if you look at this list of games I compiled, pretty much every single one of them on here products. is a sequel or some mm-hmm. or a part of some serialized whatever. So, I mean, unfortunately, that's the place that the industry is in. There well, aren't a lot of greater. What are some new IPs from this year? Can we think of any that weren't in my top five? Games? Has well, one, The Last of Us two, is a new IP, right? Three new IPs out of five. I have three new IPs in my top. I five. mean, I, I don't think well I, done. I don't think sequels are a bad. Although thing. that's not really, tr- well, I guess, that's not especially especially in in our industry. You which can't is count so, Hearthstone, I guess not. No, I have I have two in my top five. Our, our industry is so tech driven that it actually makes sense that sequels uh, will end up becoming better. I mean, think about the jump between Uncharted and Uncharted Two, mm-hmm. right? Uncharted was a good game, but Uncharted Two is the thing that got the Game of the Year awards because it could refine on all the mechanics and the and the technical issues and and really. Tell and tell a new story within that framework. So I think I think I don't think staying within a franchise is a is a bad thing. But yeah, I think. But at the same time, like once a publisher overdoes it, I mean, think about all the like Call of Duty fatigue that a lot of people have. I, uh, look, I agree with you. I think uh, I've said this before. Assassin's Creed Four didn't need Assassin's Creed. It could have been Black Flag and just been a brilliant game in its own yeah. right. And I think it would have had none of the stigma that is now attached with this um, well, s- franchise rumors, for fatigue. Rumors be true. Uh, Ubi's figured that out as well, and they'll be doing a pirate game. On well, I, I, I think I rumors think be true. Well, I think that's yeah. why they called it Assassin's Creed for Black Flag. It's the first numbered game in the series that has a subtitle. I think it, it just didn't need it. It, it didn't need it didn't need the Assassin's Creed part, but the reason they added that subtitle is because, well, hey, it seemed to do really well. They can make a Black Flag too if they want, right? Sort of like how Modern Warfare became its own thing, separate from Call of Duty, in a way. And when we have Black Flag one year and Assassin's Creed the next, then we'll be wanting the next one. It's also arguably the game that faces the toughest lens of judgment by virtue of being also available on Xbox One and PS4, because the other games that are cross-platform have sort of not stood up to the test of analysis 
just on the face of things. You know, ghosts not really standing up to to a, you know game of the year conversation. Battlefield Four, I think, was there until we saw the live environment, and now the live environment is just so much of a mess for so many people that you can't really consider it in those conversations because that's such a part and parcel of what they game I don't know. Is. Hey, Skyrim got, got Game of the Year if I recall. <sighs> but <laughs> Sky, Skyrim worked on, was it all systems except PlayStation? And, I mean, you know, it, and, and it, no well, one uses PlayStation. I think you're lo- using the term worked very loosely there. <laughs> I've I mean, never had problems a, on the there PC. There were bugs on pretty much every version. It, it did have bugs. It did have bugs and, and issues, but you're right. PlayStation, it had serious it issues. Oh, it was yeah. disgusting yeah. on PlayStation. It, was it should never have been released. But I think that the point of that is that, you know, AC4 is really the game that faces a, a critical lens of also, is it next gen? Is it PlayStation 4 and Xbox One caliber game of the year material? Well, I don't think I, I don't think anyone's really seriously asking like, hey, you know, are, are any of these games next, like truly next gen? Because, I mean, we all know launch games. Yeah, I mean, what does that mean? Because yeah. <laughs> the launch lineups for both of these machines were kind of eh. It's certainly one of the most enjoyable next gen launch games. Yeah. But then again, you know, so is Madden and FIFA this time around. I mean, you know, they are very enjoyable, but there's nothing there's nothing that's next gen only that even makes my top twenty. My favorite uh next gen game is Knack. I en- look, I enjoyed Knack. I enjoyed Dead Rising Three. I think Dead Rising Three is probably the most fun I've had since the first one, mm. but it's still you know, it's still a little bit flawed. Yeah. Um of course the just to go back to Assassin's Creed. Yes. The one thing it has in its favor, which also Nino Cooney had. Edward from Swansea, <laughs> a pirate from Swansea. Awesome. Makes you happy. I feel great with that. The Welshman is thrilled. That's twice this year we've had video, you know, we've had protagonists in. It's, it's about time because it's too racist. I feel like this is the year that there are more indie games that are fighting to be in my top five than oh, we've ever got a, before. We've got an absolute grip of great indie games Unbelievable this year. quality and imagination and uh, innovation yep. in indie games. I mean, you could I could name 10 just indie games that could be- Oh, we've got them, top, too. Top 10 games, yeah. Well, There's also the, you know, the sequel to a lot of people's last year's, you know, game of the year last year in The Walking Dead. Mm. Yes. That season two hits- it just came it. out so soon. It's it like, just, I can't even boom, rationalize putting it in the, you know. It does, like, well, it doesn't, you know, I, I mean, I episode. haven't a chance yeah, to play I, it. I don't think it's eligible until it's like out, you know. But I'm, I'm just saying that, out. you know, we've had that. And now, you know, a year later, um, there's yeah. the the Fables one. Um, right. You know, that's. The Wolf of Wall Street Among Us. Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street. I love that. Leonardo DiCaprio was Big B. That was Christian's joke. I stole it. It's all right. You can steal Christian's jokes. Yeah, he's not he here. just steals he, his jokes from other people this. anyway, so it's not a big deal. <laughs> You're just passing them along down the line. Are we through your list? Um, Saints Row 4, which we've had the discussion about before on how much just fun daftness is, because you know, I, I just love occasionally throwing in a daft, silly game that you know is just wonderful. Saints Row 4 also feels like another one that is very popular amongst folks, but getting a little overlooked in the analysis. Well, I mean, it, you know, it came out and got, kind of got crushed by... After you know, after the fact, the after THQ problem, you know, the the heavyweights. Um, Mario Mario makes my top three. The new Mario game. So I have good. a Wii U game in my top three. I got to say, well, I think um, a lot of folks will have that game in their top three. Yeah, it's it's right up there. And then, no, I, you don't it, think so? Well, no, and yet I think it's nowhere near as good as the Galaxy games. I mean, I look, I have it on my list. It's number five, and I'm a huge, huge 3D Mario fan. Have been since Super Mario 64. Marcus, you know this. Yeah, I was disappointed in this game. Okay. I, I have not gone back to finish this game 100%. You I have finished every 3D Mario at 100% have, since Super Mario 64. Have you played it multiplayer? Yeah. 
with my wife. Mm-hmm. So Does Shane, that count? <laughs> let me. Let me. Well, I, I, I think that's a, that's actually th- sort of the ideal test for yeah, Nintendo game, right? Can you play it with a casual gamer? You know? Let yeah. me throw a life preserver into the ocean of the internet. The last time you were on, you were a little bit accused of being a negative Nancy type. So there must be some games you loved. Sure. What did you love? Well, let's see. I got my top ten here. You just want me to run through? Yeah, it right? was your Marcus, fifth favorite Marcus game of the year, and you were disappointed. Oh, exactly. I mean, we'll discuss the top two because it's so easy for the for the top two. Everybody's got got the same top two, I think, except him. Except him. I don't. I don't. Well, first of all, I want to say that my platform of the year is the Nintendo 3DS. I think it had the wow. best software lineup across any platform this year. Because no one yet opinion. has mentioned Fire Emblem. Holy well, shit! I can't believe it this far. Spoiler alert! It's on his list. Yeah. Where, where's the Nvidia Shield love? <laughs> How do we get this far into this show without Fire Emblem? And that was one of the ones that was out in february and yeah. it is you know, it's gobsmackingly good yeah it's, it is it's a, really freaking amazing it's game. a number eight on my list out of my top 10 um i'm surprised that it's that low given that you put 3ds that high although maybe it doesn't fit your sort of play style as much well you'll know. see as we go through here that there's several 3ds games so number 10 for me is animal crossing new leaf Love which it. honestly i never gave a crap about an animal crossing game until this one i tried to play all of them and they just never hooked me for some reason this one did and even looking back i still am not sure why i enjoyed the game <laughs> but I literally probably dumped 100, 150 hours into that game. So when you look back at that, there's got to be something there that says that that game is pretty good. And value is a really, a really important factor in games for me. Like how much play time are you getting out of the mm-hmm. game that you spend money on? So my list is weighted heavily in how much did you get out of the game? So number 10 for me, Animal Crossing New Leaf. Number nine, Pikmin 3. I realize that may not be a very popular choice with some of the games I've left off. Uh, but I'm um, big... I don't. Well, why are you worried about popularity? I think the Pikmin Three absolutely can be I- included in this list. It was a big release for the for the Wii U. Sure. It's a it's a series that has been you know overlooked before, but three seems to have taken the lessons of two what two did wrong and what one did right, and kind of found a happy medium between them. Well, what I liked about it is it is different than any other game I played this year, and Pikmin is kind of that way. It's found its own kind of take on the strategy genre, but there still really aren't any other games that play like Pikmin. So to be able to get this one finally after all that time, to me, it was a nice payoff, and I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, number eight, as I said, Fire Emblem Awakening for the 3DS. Number seven, a game I haven't heard too many people talk about, Tomb Raider. I feel like it came out early in the year, and people just kind of forgot about it. I love the living hell out of that game. I can understand how some people who are maybe old-school Tomb Raider fans may be like, wait, it's gone way too far away from what I loved about Tomb Raider, but I just thought as a game itself, it was a great game, and I loved the hell out of you, it. If you want to talk about it some more, Andrea wants to talk about it, and I'm holding a lot of Tomb Raider commentary yeah, to talk too. about. It's number five for me. It's a beautiful It's a beautiful game. It takes it, you know, is it the great. original Tomb Raider? No. But does it do a lot of things right and introduce a lot of new people to the franchise and, you know, give Uncharted, perhaps, you know, the original Uncharted a run for its money? Yes. Well, at a certain point, you can't just keep making the same game all over and over again. It's like you got to kind of reinvent the wheel a little bit. And I feel like they did that. And I can understand why fans might not be completely excited over what the end result was. But I loved it and thought standing on its own merits as just an action game, I thought it was a great game. And sequel will have tombs to write. And, well, so did the, this one had tombs to raid. They have yeah. tomblets. <laughs> I like the tombs. They're uh, tomblets. I'm also excited that it's coming out on uh, next gen. Yeah, I'll give it another Seriously. chance, maybe. Yeah, I mean it sold well, but apparently Square Enix their expectations were just their sales sky expectations high. in that game were l- ludicrous. You could probably say that about all their games. <laughs> well, every every million copies that Final Fantasy doesn't sell. Tomb Raider has to make up for it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, so at number Truth. six, I have Assassin's Creed 4. I think we've all talked about that enough. Obviously a great game. I already mentioned I had Super Mario 3D World at number five. Um, if it had delivered, in my opinion, it would have been right near the top. Mm. But I felt I was disappointed by that. Number four, Legend of Zelda, A Link Between Worlds. Um, That's my number two. 
Yeah, we were talking um, in the green room before we came in, and some people were, we were talking about you know GameSpot had given it Game of the Year, and I do think it's a great game. It. Obviously, so I gave it good. number four, uh, but I'm still a fan of the more traditionally designed Zelda games. This one's kind of a streamlined version. I feel like it will be palatable to a wider audience, but for me personally, I would prefer to have the older style of Zelda a little more. Number three, The Last of Us. I know that's probably going to be in everyone's top three. Don't know if we know if you need to talk about that. Uh, number two, Grand Theft Auto Five, mm. which to me that to me this was a tough one. It was either Bioshock Infinite or Grand Theft Auto Five. Uh, the thing I liked about Grand Theft Auto Five is it does so many different things. Um, and again, I go back to value, and value is really important for me because the way I look at it is like when I evaluate games, I'm trying to make sure people spend their money intelligently. Um, $60 for something you play for 10 hours and then you're like, okay, I played through the campaign, I'm done. It's hard to rationalize that for me personally. Um, as somebody who, you know, I haven't had to pay for a lot of games, but I still remember what it was like to have to mow lawns to pay for a game and to bust your ass around the house or whatever to scrap up that money. So value has always been important to me in evaluating games. And so Grand Theft Auto V to me probably has the best value of any game released this year unless you're like a cod head and you're going to play Call of Duty every day, all day. And, and as a narrative-driven game, retains a very high go-back-to value. Oh, yeah. Well, Grand Theft Auto Online's had its issues, but still, it's incredibly fun to go back in there. And also, yep. just 100%ing that game. Like I said, I haven't gone back to play Mario and 100% right. it, but I did go back to Grand Theft Auto V and keep playing it after I had did finished. Did you 100% Grand Theft Auto no, V? No, no, no. I was no. like, holy crap. But I went back and kept playing it, whereas with Mario, I went back for like an hour or two and was like, I don't really have the will to keep going through this. It's an easy game to put on the shelf for a few months, and then you know you could pick this thing back up over Christmas break, throw I mean, it in, and say, you know what? I never did all of the the gun running missions. I'm gonna go do them. Yeah, and it's very easy to fall right back into it and get the same experience out of it. Maybe it doesn't have the narrative hooks. Maybe it doesn't have those story pieces, but you're still back in that world, and that world is just sitting there waiting for you whenever you want to go and play around in it. This yeah. is the first Grand Theft Auto game I've been so immersed with and in love with since uh, Vice City. Didn't like four. Didn't like um, San Andreas. Since San Andreas for me, San Andreas resonated for me. San Andreas was a was a knock was a solid knock. Although I would say I pretty much like them all. I mean, they've all been. I mean, it's hard to argue that they haven't all been great games. I, you can agree with that. Marcus, well, no, right? I, I mean, my problems have been you know San Andreas didn't really didn't really feel it. Like I said, Vice City for me, you know, I, I really dug that era anyway. You know, the Scarface uh, kind of stuff. Um, so San Andreas didn't resonate. And then uh, you know I've said this before on this show, Nico. Yeah, I agree. Just irked the shit out of me. Well, I think he irked a lot. And of he people. just spoiled the game. This time around, though, you have got three protagonists who are, you know, <clears throat> different variations on the, you know, different levels on the food trade chain when it comes to being corrupt. You've got, you know, you got the young kid who's just starting out. Then you have got the, you know, the the middle guy, and then you got Trevor. Trevor's who knows just, what to make of Trevor? I think the crazy thing about that game and the series in general is that it can still get better. I mean, there is still a oh, lot yeah. of crappy writing in Grand Theft Auto V. There's still a lot of predictable plot twists. I mean, there's still scenarios where you're like, what? Nobody would ever do that. Like, there is still a lot of room for that series to improve, yet it is still that good. So that's it's at number two for me. Number one, I think we mentioned already Bioshock Infinite. Uh, the reason I, and again, it was like splitting hairs. I literally made the decision, I think, driving over here of which game I would put on the top, but... To me, it was um, the one game that kind of had everything. It did everything pretty damn well, where I felt like every other game kind of had one part of it that I wasn't really resonating with me. So for me, Bioshock Infinite, amazing story. I didn't have a problem with the gameplay. It's a shooter, but it also has the vigorous to mix things up. But see, and that's the thing. It's like expectations. I feel like expectations change people's opinions of things. I try to look at games as that game. 
I try to not put it and say, oh, well, what do I expect from this game? And it goes back to like, you know, when I worked at GT, my editorial policy was... That kind of flies in the faces of what you said about Mario, right? What? The, the Looking at it as that game rather than expecting something from it. Because your criticism of, of No, I was Mario. just saying I didn't enjoy it as much as the prior 3D Marios. It wasn't because what I expected from mm. the prior games affected my opinion of it. I just, at the end, didn't enjoy it as much. Um, but Bioshock Infinite, I felt like it was a perfect mix. I think it was the best story of the year, with all due respect to The Last of Us. Um, mm, I, really? Yeah. Well done. I mean... You disagree, or how do you feel about that? I actually... I mean, we, that's what we talked about last segment. We talked segment. about last segment. I, I prefer the narrative arc of Last of Us. And I think that the, I think the characters there were better developed because I think one of the things that Naughty Dog has always done in, especially not always done, but at least in the Uncharted series in particular, has developed a keen understanding of how to use the supporting characters to develop the edges of the protagonists. And so, you know, they don't use the supporting characters just to be supporting characters. They use them to pull out the side aspects of the protagonist that you don't just, that you don't get when they're bearing down the gun. It's easy to get, like with Drake, it's easy to get that Drake is this, you know, cavalier adventurer guy who's doing what he's doing when he's running along with a gun and all that kind of thing. But it takes Chloe to bring out the other side of him. And they're very adept at using Chloe to bring out that other side of him. So I think they found the same sort of thing in Last of Us. And I, that's, to me, is, is really great in, in the drama of the game storytelling. I would say the character development in Last of Us far superior. No doubt about it. But as far as the actual story itself, you know, I'm, I'm a big horror fan. I've been a horror fan since I was like eight years old. Okay. I feel like I've lived those stories before. I feel like I've been a part of There's been a million zombie games where apocalyptic, whatever. I felt like Bioshock's story was something completely unique, completely caught me off You're guard. Right. The ending stayed with me for a really, really long time. And I could say that about The Last of Us as well. I mean, well, the, that, run through, the run through the door at the end just... I wish that Irrational was large enough to be able to be doing two or three Bioshocks at right. once now almost because yeah. they, they, they opened Pandora's box. And while Bioshock was a shooter, it was still a competent and fun shooter. Sure, every once in a while an enemy spawned behind you or whatever. Look, every game on these lists has some goofy part about them, yeah. but it was a solid game gameplay-wise. I loved working with the Vigors. I know some people are like, I found one or two I liked and used them over, but I didn't. I really liked messing with all of them and seeing what they did. That to me was situations. one of the big differences between Bioshock and Infinite was that in Infinite I really did lock in. I didn't feel I didn't feel like I needed to use the others as much. I got locked in on my vigors. It was like, okay, this is just I'm rolling. I'm rolling like a COD fool. Which is fine. Yeah. Worked. I it think, is it's a shooter. I mean, that's is. the bottom line. I think for me, uh I was I was interested uh hearing the last segment because you guys were speaking so much about Last of Us, the story of it. And for me, the the main reason why I thought of it so highly wasn't the stories i actually really enjoyed the gameplay a lot see i didn't like that like for me that game was all about getting sunk into that world and the living on this edge of tension and then like you're standing there four feet away from some dude and you're he doesn't even know you're there and so to me very quiet to me where a game is built on that immersion and when there's just tragic breaks of that in the game, it just kind of sours it. Like I, I when you. I think back over playing The Last of Us, what do I remember about actually playing it? Is the parts where the dudes just acted like idiots, watching Chloe run off into a into a bunch of clickers when the or the people you're supposed well, to be protecting the, just see, running around. The thing around, about Last of like, Us is that I really disliked the infected parts, and I really liked the parts where you were against the survivors. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I like that more, but still, it's like the immersion is broken, and I feel like uh, Bioshock managed to carry that throughout the whole game without me sort of having those moments where I'm like, well, that's kind of screwed up. Like, and by the way, as still, we get... Still, again, you know, 
these are great games. As we get set to uh, <laughs> head into them. a quick break here before we return, how did we get this far without including in that high narrative aspirations Aliens Colonial Marines? Yes, that was exactly what I was thinking. So now we're going the other route, most disappointing <laughs> games of the year. I'll leave it to you to think what I might have been thinking about. Uh, Actually, okay, be- be- hmm? before we wrap to the What do you think I might have been thinking about? Oh, I don't know. What game, what game have we not mentioned for high narrative aspirations? Pokemon X and Y? <laughs> Gone Home? Oh, come on. Peggle 2. No. Something. What? what does, do you have it? Do you have it? She's, what is, what she's is, what, come on, you can Peggle. come in and you can just tell us. Let's see if she has it. What is it? What is it? Wait. Andrea's going to say. Wait, what's the question? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, All right, let's go to break. We'll come back. Never what did mind. you want to say, Andrea? God. No, no, I just, I just wanted to make sure that beyond. I threw Pokemon X and, uh, X and Y out oh, there. Beyond. Yeah. How Wait. did, yeah, exactly, did you right? Play it? I've seen it. I have not played it. See, I need to play it. But it's I was going to say, we got this far. And it, how I, did Beyond not come into this conversation? Because it's, it's good, not good. It's <laughs> not not good. It's good. <laughs> That's because one of the most disappointing games. Because it's Carrie the day after. Oh. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're going to get another greeting, a little more music. When we come back on the other side, we'll do a little more musical chairs. Andrew, I think you need to stay because you haven't gotten to your list yet. So I, I can stay for like the first part of it and then swap out we can whatever we can we're very like we're very free-flowing and easy and you guys will be back we have uh, still a whole other show to record so stick around we'll be right back with the second half of the holiday show one two three hit it hit it Hi there, we can confirm as Fleet Bosher here. Uh, you might remember me from episode 128 of this very show. I'm the British guy that's not John Davison, sorry. <laughs> um, I just wanted to wish you all a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and I genuinely hope that all of you have an absolutely amazing 2014 full of love, life, laughter, all that good stuff. Um, and on a side note, I just wanted to thank all of the We Can Confirm crew Uh, both regulars and occasional guests for putting on an absolutely awesome show every week. I don't know how I'd make it through my weekends without you guys, so thank you so much. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and God bless us, everyone. Aw, thanks, Philippe. What? I had to get some sort of British reference in there. Oh, I love how he like <laughs> dropped a little stinger on me as well. That's pretty awesome. Well done, sir. Well done. Uh, yes, yeah, so we also had a, we we checked a couple of the other recordings, and for some reason, we also have that same like must have happened something in the in the export where they sound all sped up. But Philippe's turned out okay. Hmm. So now we are joined. Uh, we have Big Red at the end spot on the table. She's very happy hey, to be yeah. at the uh, head of the. I'm at the head. What'd You're you the head. What'd you, I'm the foot. foot the yeah. foot of the table. I've what never, you drinking? I've never been. I so I have uh, some Maker's Mark, which I've tweeted about. Uh, that has a sweater on it. It's very cute. And I actually found some really amazing gluten-free pale ale from Omission, which I believe is a Widmer company. And um, gluten-free I, beer. It is delicious. It's come to this, right? Yeah. James yeah. is drinking one too. I also noted that she didn't Andrea, know it was gluten free, though. Let's be honest. Andrea told me, but I tried it. It's not bad. It's Andrea not bad is the all. only person I know that would dress her alcohol in a Christmas sweater. 
Yes. Well, I mean, why would you put a sweater on bourbon? I was thinking about it. It looks really cool, but why would you put a sweater on a bottle of bourbon? Because it's cute. It's not bad. Okay. Needs more. Needs more gluten. Well, here's the thing. I I have been gluten free um, since March of this year, so almost uh, what is that? Nine months almost. Hi, my name is Andrea, and I've been gluten free since. No, it's a it's a a health it's a health thing. It's not like a fad (laughs) thing, like a lot of people like to think it is. Um, a lot of my um, sounds pretty faddish. By the way. digestive problems went away when I took gluten out of my diet. So so did jo- by the way John Davison also gluten Just allergic. Saying. So and but they say that actually, well, there's apparently most of us are apparently some degree gluten. Let's talk about gluten. Let's talk diet about games. Confirmed. Let's talk yes. about games. James Stevenson you and brought, Ozzy. Well, no, you asked me what I was drinking, and that's how I we did. Get, I yes. didn't. I, I didn't think we would get into a gluten. I'm discussion. sorry. It's Al- delicious. Alcohol confirmed. If you guys have problems with gluten, try Omission. They have four different kinds of beer. With gluten. Um. Generally, you feel like shit. Really? Oh well, then I. If your stomach feels like it's twisting, I love how and a we're knot. trying to get away from gluten, and Jeff <laughs> yeah. like grabs the show. And if drags your stomach it right hurts all there, the time, like, well, then you I'm probably are allergic to gluten. If you're just all right. sad all the time. James and Ozzy sharing mic three, <laughs> and we're snuggling. Say hi, guys. <laughs> Hello. Hello, James. Snuggling. Do you have a bl- you want a blanket to share? Ooh, that'd be nice. That would be cute. Yeah, yeah one big here, enough I have, for a, us, I have a sweater for you here. And That's James has given us ballots. Yeah, so it's going to be yeah. an official. He's actually pushing this. So I guess between this I segment and the next, we will have to have an official we'll, tally. Yeah, I will tally. I will tally, and we will. The then tally have will a... be at the close of the show. Correct. That's going to be. Man, it's a lot of. The problem is, I really yeah. only alighted on number one. And I don't really want to well, do Sounds the, like you should have done more preparation for the show. I did a lot again, of preparation. Dude, you have semi, no idea how much preparation I did for the show. semi Well, that's a first. So <laughs> it is official-ish. And it will be a weighted... Wow. <laughs> all right, well, let's, what do you guys want to bring up? Let's bring up some games. We talked about a lot of what, games what, already. What have we, so first of all, what have we missed so far that's on you guys' list? Well, wait, wait, wait. Tomb Raider. Yes. Yeah, because Tomb you Raider. wanted us to hold for Tomb Raider. So why did you want to hold, why did you want to hold for Tomb Raider, Andrea? Because Tomb Raider was one of my favorite games So it's your game year. of the year? It's not my game So you of made the us year. hold and it's not even your game of the year? Well, no, it's not well, my number one. I'm a girl, it's okay. It's no, in no, my top no. Five, we're talk we're talking about our favorite games of the year. It is in my top five, but it's not my number one. Okay. Same Z's over so, here. So like I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought the graphics are great. I really loved what they did with the combat. I thought some of the um cinematic setups were really awesome. I thought like I, I haven't been shocked by kind of gore and bloodiness in a game, especially in the Tomb Raider series, than I have in this. Clark. <laughs> uh, yes. But wait, you Chris know what Waltz. I thought was really interesting about Tomb Raider is, you know, when you first saw it and it sort of had that uh, reboot looked like Uncharted feel, it was sort of like, well, like, we already have Uncharted though. But I think what they actually did make was a game that took a lot of what Uncharted did. I mean, in, in some ways, Uncharted was sort of trying to do like a more cinematic Tomb Raider slash right. Indiana Jones. And so Tomb Raider said, well, you did some really cool things and we're going to go back to our formula a little bit. And it had a lot more exploration and some more I open f- areas that really, I think. I feel like I it mean, also, it also much more so than, much more so than Uncharted does right now in terms of Uncharted is fairly linear. It's you, completely I mean, and, linear. And, and Tomb Raider yeah. is linear too, but Tomb Raider has Okay, like, I'm glad you said that because I was about to say Tomb Raider is pretty. Tomb Raider is linear, but at the same point, Tomb Raider has, I think, at least this game to me, felt I like think there's that the, a lot more exploration. I feel like the, and, I feel like the concept of base camps was much more interesting than the execution of base camps right, they, in that game. I absolutely agree with you. I think that the, there was a promise of this ability to fast travel between these camps. And it was you could unnecessary. go back and explore and get these relics, and there was no 
payoff for that, right? Except for a completionist who wanted to get all of the collectibles. I also really... It's not Donkey Kong. I really... I don't need to go get all the watermelon slices. Right. I thought that they opened a door with the puzzle element in the actual tomb raiding section of Tomb Raider. That's awesome. But they didn't quite fully develop it enough to where it felt really like... um I don't know, fulfilling. Like I was like, I kept wanting more, and I, I mean, maybe they were too an short. Like Jim, said, like right, Jim. Yeah. Who? Why, why are you Jim? Jim. You're Jim. I am now <laughs> Jim, big Jim. <laughs> like Jeff said, they're tomblets. They, I hadn't heard that. That's kind of funny. I hadn't actually, heard. I think. Right. I, I think. Uh, I don't think that was me. Uh, but I, was, I thought you said tomblets, <laughs> uh, but I think Jim said it. But um, I would say that everybody references how how it's inspired by Uncharted. I would say it also equally inspired by God of War. I feel like it, it, mm. there's a lot of borrowing of the way the camera is used in God of War and, and how close you get to Kratos. And it's the same way sort of you get very intimate, close angles on Lara and I, I, all of that stuff. I don't mind when games borrow from one another or be, are inspired by one another. I think, it, you know, all good art steals, as one said. But um, I, I think it, these elements all came together to make a great game. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. Well. Yeah. I'm going to say, since we're going to have to put down a damn ballot, I think I'm going to go ahead and make the decision that Tomb Raider is going to be my first runner-up. Nice. Oh, second game place. Of the year. Wow. Yeah. And I think that that's really amazing to me because as everyone who listens to the show knows, I'm, I'm a diehard fan of the original Tomb Raider. I'm a diehard fan of the original Lara. I really wish there would be a new Lara. And, and, and actually, I still to this day wish that this game was not Tomb Raider. Well, I, I really also, wish. I also remember the episode when we talked about it. Us, you and I, getting to a huge fight about it because I loved it so much, and you had. It just took me, it took me a long time to get over it. Yeah. Kinda, you kind of had a problem with like the ending sequence and, with, uh, and yeah. with like the progression of her character. Well, that, I mean, I think it, it is too. Talking... It's too abrupt. It is way too abrupt. It is way too abrupt how she's like running around with a shotgun like a freaking commando by the end of the game. But it does make it a fun game right so that's the big problem right is the the narrative progression how square, stupid. square enix did this whole big marketing campaign with like hashtag reborn you know uh she's reborn as this new person as this like reimagined protagonist where she's uh we we meet her before she becomes the the force that she is in like the main series right. the main franchise and I just don't believe from a narrative perspective, I cannot suspend my disbelief enough that she gets impaled by rebar in like the very first moments yeah. of the game and she's so weak and oh my gosh, she has to shoot a deer and kill it for the first right, maybe time. Maybe I have to take she away. Guts up, I, haven't, I haven't written and my ballot yet. Up. I reserve I mean, the right to change my ballot. Yeah, 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 she's a video game so. the, fall, the falling on the rebar thing, I remember that. The falling on the rebar thing was ridiculous because right. it like pierces her in the liver and she's like, oh, I'm all right. It's all good. No worries. Mm-hmm. It's just a flesh wound. Which is why you if you liver. if you can let that go, and I think fans of the game appreciate that for what it was um, was intended to be, but if you can let that go and really just enjoy the mechanics and the experience for what it is, it's, it's a really fun the game. To I would say to that. The, 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 the ride they take you on across the spectrum of that game is pretty fucking phenomenal. It yeah, is, yeah. And, and Drake gets the shit kicked out of him in numerous ways, and no one yeah. bats an eye, but when no one's Lara... Stuck in, and, right, but, you know, no one's stuck a piece of rebar you know what? through his... But well, the, actually, I think this, actually, he's actually happened, pretty... He's actually. had some pretty bad scrapes. I yeah, don't he's think that shot. even has anything to do with that. I think it's the fact that they set her up to be this weakling in the beginning. I don't think she's a she, weakling. And she she's never a, was. Like, as a character, that's not who she was. And well, what, she wasn't long enough to make it believable. We talked about that on this show after they showed that thing at E3, what was it, like two years ago, and I was like... 
I have all these problems with this new Tomb Raider because you know she's one of the yeah. few female badasses that we actually have. And they you set her up. But it humanizes her. It's so much better to to feel but like she's, she's not, not a human. badass. A human like she wouldn't go on then to to slay like a thousand dudes in the rest of the game. Well, that's <laughs> I mean, you know what you know what the missed opportunity for me with Tomb Raider is that they is that they elected to reset. And they elected to reset by taking it back far enough to be, quote unquote, before she a was a badass. But then they felt the necessity to rush her to being a badass by the end of the game. Right. And they, it's a classic it, movie reboot. Yeah. And they could have they could have taken her in 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 RPG terms instead of taking her to level 20. They could have taken her to level 10 in this game. And started her at level ten in the next game, but they wanted to be level set. twenty's more fun. They it wanted is, to be yeah. exactly that's the and that was the thinking is that I right. feel like they wanted to be ready for the next game to be back to Lara Croft, the badass that you knew from the other games, and now you just know the backstory. Backstory set. Now we can move forward with Lara Croft, the badass. I I, I thought it all worked, and I love oh, totally, how, I, how I where we end and how we end, and I, it was fun. The places great. they took us on, the ride they took us on, to me was fantastic. Yeah, I, 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 I it's, the it's fact like, that it won me over. It looked the game won me over. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, and it's a lot of nitpicking. I, mean, I think I mean it's a Andrea, lot of nitpicking. Andrea has it on her missed it by this uh, much list. Um, it was in my top five, and it, again, it was like it was up there in terms of the experiences I've had, which is impressive. I think too. The other aspect is that game was fairly early this year. I don't remember what the date was. March. But, yeah, so I mean, you know, when a March game hangs around in your mind, mm-hmm. despite all the stuff coming out, that right. uh, that says a lot for it. And I think it'll be really cool too, with more people having a chance to play. Okay, it. so James, Ozzy, and of course, Milady, having sat outside in the green room through I love two. It when you call me that, guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was Andrea. Oh, sorry, sorry. I was Jim <laughs> <laughs> sat outside in the green room for the last uh, two segments. What has not come up yet that you were like, God damn it, you guys got to talk about this. Uh, how far in depth did you go into uh, Super Mario 3D World? Well, Shane just brought up that, that he was Shane there, and he was, the, he was the like, fifth, he, his fifth best game of the year, like, and it was, like, was a like, huge it's good, but, no. but it's not good enough, and I was like, come on, Shane, that's what everybody knocks you for, is that you bring something up, and then you're like, so there, there were only it. four games better than it this year, but I massive disappointment. glee, sheer glee playing Super Mario 3D World as someone who started playing video games with Mario Brothers on the NES and and playing consistently throughout the franchise's history of, you know, 20 plus years. I loved what Nintendo did with this game. They brought back some really familiar things for longtime fans of the franchise, and they did some really innovative things from a gameplay perspective. It looks beautiful. The four-player co-op is super fun to play. I mean, like, I can't, like, express enough how happy playing this game makes me. Like, if you are a Mario fan at all, you are doing yourself a disservice if you don't give this game a try. They took so many of the things that made the Galaxy game so much fun between the exploration, the beautiful environments, uh, and brought it all to a co-op setting. Like that's inc- that's just unspeakably impressive, and it's just so much fun to play through. You al- you always get the urge to just run back and play a little more of it, whether it's by yourself or whether it's you know with a couple of friends or you know with a significant other or whatever. And it's just so accessible. It's so simple to play, and yet they've also added so many new ideas. I I can't I can't say enough good things about it. The best compliment I can give it is that I don't know if I told you this, Garnet. Uh, you thought of me the whole time. I did. That's, That's the best compliment I can give. I was like, Garnet, Garnet really needs to be sitting here. Uh, no, is, is that um, for Thanksgiving, my nephews came into town, uh-huh. and uh, my nine-year-old nephew had written up his Christmas list, and he had put Xbox One on it, 
And when he walked, he walked into my house wanting the Xbox One, and he left my house wanting a Wii U instead. Wow! Because of Mario, because we played Mario the whole time he was there. He couldn't get enough and of that, it. That, my friends, is it. the power of Nintendo. Exactly. Well, it, it's exactly. a system that is a system seller game. It is a killer app for the platform. I think no one does. Um, sort of the whimsical surrealism as well as the Mario franchise does. Um, that entire game, it's just, you know, it's new idea after new idea. No, none of the ideas really ever overstays their welcome. Um, That's a know, good point, is, it, that they, is that they have that very good sense of tempo. Yeah, it leaves you wanting more. It's like, oh, right. I want to be doing that other thing again, but, but now I'm over in this other new thing. Oh, now I want to be doing this. Oh, and now I'm in a new thing. You know, it's as soon as you... Fall in love with that not, thing. Not to, like, and, and almost else. not to ride the dog's you, you, jock or anything, but you know who was really good at that? Also, Jackson Daxter was very good at that mm, same thing. Jackson Daxter yeah. was very good at like throwing you new stuff, especially in Jacks 3. Mm. He was like very good at throwing you new stuff, new stuff, but like take it. Was saying, okay, but no, it also on. takes it away. Like, I mean, that's yeah, the thing take it away, 3, 3D World does really well. Is it's like, you know, everything's so self-contained level wise that it's, you know, okay, you've done that. And about the time you're finished with that level and that idea, it goes away and it doesn't come back for a couple worlds or it never comes back. And it's wildly oh. different stuff. It's oh, not yeah. just Mario, you know, encounters this kind of enemy. It's it's that you're doing completely different things. You're doing these weird like puzzle levels levels where you have you're to control You're riding toad. in an ice skate. You're on the part. back of a, a dinosaur. You know, it, I mean. You're, you're in the shadow play level. Like there's yeah. just a bunch of shadows in one level. You're in a dojo for where just random like gongs going off like it's weird speed stuff. levels and slower levels and it's just it, it's constantly changing things up with you and it, which, which is almost with, yeah. when you guys start talking about like this and shane apologies but you like brought it down the tempo the the, the tenor of the conversation when you guys talk about it like this i'm like why is this game not in everybody's top three it's, why is it, it not it is. top it's three it's in mine it's in my top three all right it's mine too and my, in fact, I think it's so what else two. what else were you out there clamoring about us missing on uh well i don't how much we talk about zelda well, that's my number two. Hardly that, at all. That's, that we also haven't talked a lot about GTA either. Oh, uh, uh, we'll, we'll come to GTA too. My top ten. Uh, we'll come to GTA <laughs> too. Did not make my top ten. GTA did not make your Co-host, top ten. I will. I will. Then this is the perfect opportunity. That's my game of the year. Is it really? Yes. GTA Five is my, my game five. of the year. And I think. And I think that. I, I mean, I, I understand. I, hate, I feel I uncomfortable saying it because I think people are going to be like, "Really, Garnet Lee? Like you, who like, like, like tries to be like all highfalutin <laughs> about like games and concepts and all that stuff." But Grand Theft Auto... We're in, the same, we're in the same boat there, you and I. What? That it's my game of the year. Most people wouldn't guess it's my game of the year. But we were talking about yeah, the difference. you di- came on this show and you Hold were like... Hold on. We were talking about the difference between what's the game of the year and what's your favorite game to play of the year. AC4 was your game of the year. AC4 was my favorite game to play of the year, but... Like how can your favorite game not be your game of the year? Well, because I think, there's a, I think there's a difference. And I think as people who talk about games, we need to be able to distinguish You guys, when I'm in the green room next, I want to get whatever she was smoking. <laughs> We need to distinguish between mark. what is our favorite thing to play and what we think was the most uh, acclaimed game of the year. Well, Interesting, because I my my favorite game that. is Grand Theft Auto, and and I'm and I'm not gonna sit here and give you like a whole dissection of the game again because it's been reviewed and also so all those sort of things. Yeah, like thirty million people have played it. Yeah, so. my the reason it became my game of the year when I had to sit down and was like, okay, I've got to decide between one of these games is because I had more completely immersed moments in in whatever it was oftentimes a car but maybe it was something else with the music playing with the sun setting with whatever the dramatic lighting was in some sort of like completely immersive situation just vibing on the game and i realized you know what 
that's kind of fucking amazing. Yeah, and one mm-hmm. you talked we talked about tempo just a little bit ago. Another game that like does exhibit pretty good tempo in terms yes, of like does. you're going to do something very different, or you're going to change characters, or now you're out in the dunes. For the like, first time in campaign, I didn't get slogged. Right. Here's what I will say in as a positive for GTA Five. It's the first GTA, and I can't even rem- since three probably that I finished. That's a, that's great. Big. Mm-hmm. That is yeah, really big. that's it kept me going. Uh, it is also I think the best GTA game maybe ever. I think it might be the best GTA just because it 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 got so many things that the franchise historically had gotten wrong right. For old dude, I'm still with Vice because it, you know Vice evokes, is my favorite. It, it evokes the 80s and Miami right. Vice. Vice thing. Is like ha- you don't have to be old dude to like Vice. Vice was a Vice City right. was a really great game. But I really want to uh, bring up what Shane mentioned in the previous segment about how. It's important as consumers, we're spending money on these products and how, you know, your value for your dollar is important. I And I think that GTA 5 delivered on value for your dollar more than any game, arguably, in the last five years. Yeah, and you I guys mean, can pick like, me out, but you know what? I could give I a mean, shit about being a consumer advocate yeah, because I, yeah. that's not, it's I not mean, a, I view, maybe no, this no, is no, high fluid. I view about, myself as like the critic, not the, it's like, not about being you, a you make your judgment advocate. for yourself. It's about I, saying it has that on top of being a really narratively interesting game, a mechanically but I, yeah, but I, but I said I'd pay 200 bucks for flour. But va- value for your dollar is a subjective thing because like four hours of amazing you know, episode one of of uh, season two of The Walking Dead, I will put ahead of ten hours of something that is has its ups and downs, and yeah, there's things to... that I'm bored bar- Okay, so by. Jeff, you got interrupted about Grand Theft. You finished the game, and your thought was, I was certainly impressed by the game. It's an amazing technical achievement. I think the fidelity of the world is staggering, and certainly to be applauded. Like it, it is. I love driving around in that world. I love the detail. The the level of detail is is just just a sight to behold. I don't like people yelling at me for twenty hours, and I don't. Yeah. And I didn't enjoy the story. And I I found the the there's uh, a lot missions. of eth- there's a lot of ethnic stuff that's disturbing. Yeah, but I mean, just just the tone overall is was distasteful to me and, and off putting. And and that's my personal opinion. Is is I'm sure people enjoyed that, but I. I found every time there was a cutscene, I was put off, and I wa- I don't particularly like that in my games. Okay. I I liked a lot of the missions. There were some missions I didn't like. There w- in a game that big, there were so many ups and downs. I don't and- know. That, see, I don't know that I've ever liked three Grand Theft Auto characters as much as I like those three characters, really? especially Trevor. Especially Trevor. Trevor's. Trevor is the best Grand Theft Auto character. And for period. me, whiskey spill, whiskey swilling. Michael is just like amazing. Yeah, he's. I think he's terrific, and I really. And, I had and, so much fun doing the stupid psychoanalysts, like the stupid. Therapy oh yeah, sessions. going to him and and like, Frank, Franklin. Amazing. Maybe maybe I could see Franklin not kind of reaching those two's level, but I actually I mean, really but like he, Franklin. But, but again, you like him. Like I think they were all likable in their own way, and I enjoyed their story. Franklin no, was like I, the most. I disagree. Be- Franklin was maybe the most likeable. believable. Like Franklin is like the down to earth dude. He's like, I'm gonna get the hell out, and he gets the hell out. He's like, man. Well, he's sort of your entrance into the world, and sort of gives but you. They the all behave in ways that, that I don't. I didn't they're, find. They're all kind of reprehensible in their own way, uh, right? But, but also, but they always are. In Grand- not every, kind of. They're all reprehensible. That's the whole point. <laughs> no, Frank Franklin has some redeeming value in him. I mean, Mike, yeah, Michael no, I think, kind I of say Michael. I think Trevor's Franklin a I mean, Michael is very much the Tony Soprano caricature, you know, the silhouette. Right. The Sopranos was written by. People who didn't write The Sopranos, but I mean, okay, it's not as it, the fidelity's not there. I agree. But, I agree. You know, uh, you, yeah, you talk about the value thing, and it's like my game of the year is Zelda, and it was you when know, I finished that game in twelve hours for forty bucks. Wait, yeah. actually, before we segue into wow, Zelda, you definitely 
plowed on that. Go ahead. Before we segue into Zelda, like I know Jeff didn't like didn't care for the story or the characters all that much, but wasn't like the online component enough to kind of push it into the top ten? Just and a the little fact bit that the content updates they Not do are free, and every other company is making people pay for shit left and right. I can't thank Rockstar enough for having and building Cruise? this robust online community Rockstar in this Social. world and updating all of this stuff and making it free when every other publisher feels like they're nickel and diminess along the way. Yeah, As but- Shane would say, free the way it ought to be. Well, okay, but but so... F- <laughs> You know, Shane Bettenhausen, by the way. Then why that, didn't that you that pick Shane a free-to-play game is your game Shane of the year? Yeah. Why isn't a free-to-play game, game is your game of the year? Why isn't, you know, Path of Exile, I think, is, is in my top ten. Uh, no, that's a good one. It's a great game. It's free-to-play, and all of, the, all of the paid hooks are all cosmetic and not unnecessary. If you really, you know, you can play the game for hundreds of hours and get a lot of content out of it and never have to pay a cent. I mean, I, I, I'm not taking that into account just because I, I feel like I want to award my accolades to a game that gave me my my favorite experiences so so and and, and i had and, I, and said, I had to admit that some of my favorite experiences were having just jacked an amazing sports car flipping on a crazy radio station driving like batshit insane up the one going to go do something really stupid while the sun's setting over the pacific and going wow this is freaking surreal Right, that's fine. Yeah, that, I, surreal I, I is a great word stars. for it. You, you enjoy it. you. You know that's your favorite experience, and that maybe doesn't resonate for Jeff. So yeah, then yeah. that's where the and disconnect that's, is. That's great. And I I'm, I applaud you. I mean, that's I'm glad you I'm glad you <laughs> I'm glad you found that this year. And I I certainly I, and I feel terribly. And this is really stupid sounding, but I feel terribly embarrassed by saying Grand Theft Auto Five is my game. It's in my top five. Why would you feel I mean, embarrassed? Because it's sort. It's because it's like it's like it's that game. It, it's like saying I really like the new Corvette. I, no I, shit, really? Of course you but, do. It's you fucking know, amazing. Yeah, it's like chocolates uh, is delicious. There's nothing wrong <laughs> with liking the thing that's popular. It's popular for a reason. Yeah, we're all admitting we like a Mario game. Like that's not a big stretch or anything. Yeah, you shouldn't definitely shouldn't feel bad about that. I just disagree. That's all. That's fine. And, and everyone's allowed to have their own opinions about games, you know. And like you were describing that feeling of driving and hearing the music and seeing the sunset. I had a similar feeling navigating my ship and being on the ocean in travel speed, listening to the pirate chanties, <laughs> you know, like in Assassin's Creed. And it was a really amazing experience, especially I'm playing on PlayStation 4. And it's like the graphics are just so beautiful and the ocean is so immersive. It just... You know, it kind of sometimes takes your breath away, like how beautiful it is. Well, I thinking about the value proposition that you guys brought up, I would like to point out that right now my game of the year is available for seven dollars and fifty cents. Jeff, you got Rogue me hooked Legacy. on this. Rogue, Rogue Legacy. Legacy. I can't believe how hard you've gotten me hooked into this. That game's that game's incredible. But right? yeah. yeah. the more I play that game, the more I think that while Vita is great, Vita will be a novelty. I want a full screen. I want a big screen experience on that yes. game. Maybe, but I, I, I think playing on I a handheld. Just the I like portability the idea, of it will be. I like the portability, gold. but I want the big screen. There's so much. I want the big uh, screen. Pretty big screen on the Vita. I mean, I, I understand what you're saying, but. Uh, this is what a guy. Wait, never mind. I'm not but say I was the number of hours that I put into Rogue Legacy for. I, I think I bought it for six bucks, something like that, on a different By the sale. Way, you, always, you always talk about bigger experiences. I, I'm not going to let you go on that. What do you I mean? Because you've talked before about how you like the big living room experience. I do. I do. And I'm, I just I can't let go of that. Like, I Rogue just Legacy feel, lives for that. I, I, so I'm not disagreeing with you. Okay. What, what, I'm okay, saying, so not, what I'm saying is it is so addictive i want to bring it with me okay um, and it also plays okay. well as a short 
short <laughs> moment game. But I love having a PC game that I can do. I love having a game on Steam that I can walk over while I am like something as simple as like steaming a piece of salmon I can go over and like play a run and like, like <laughs> steaming a piece of salmon I think that they should use that as an advertisement are you steaming some salmon play Rogue Legacy <laughs> dude seriously I'm like making dinner dude, the steaming salmon market alone <laughs> Fucking no, who blow is, me. Who, nobody okay? has tapped the That's salmon seamers. Fucking blow me. I'm, talk, know, I'm like talking about it seriously. Like great. I've done it before. I'm like, I'll be like making dinner. And I'll be like, you know what? I've got Steam opened up. I'll just go like make a yeah. make a Rogue Legacy run. That's why they called it Steam. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> but it's perfect for that, and I like that. I like that I can do that. Right. That's yeah. cool. I agree. I'm I agree. not saying it, it, that. I agree. That I'm play with mode you. doesn't only. Exp- uh, no, it doesn't only apply to handheld. It applies to everything. Right. No, I certainly am not disagreeing with you. I'm All just right. saying I like the fact that I, I, I'm le- yearning for the time when I'll be able to take Rogue Legacy with me and be able to play it when I'm waiting in line. You for already something finished or, it. You're going to play it again? Hell yeah. I'm going to play right. it again. Yeah. Good on you. Yeah. When it's a Vita game, I will be playing it again for sure. All right. So on the outside chance, because we are down to like we've been rocking through this episode. You guys, uh, James, Ozzy, and Andrea, games of the year. She already said. On Andrea. Yeah, no, I already said GTA 5. Yeah, no, and, but I your already favorite said. game of the year is AC4. Correct. Got it. That's, I just don't even know how to parse that. No, that, I, I think there's a way of saying that, like, like you have a, you could even have a slightly guilty pleasure aspect where you're like, this isn't, this, I enjoy well, playing Well, if we're this, talking guilty is, pleasures, well, cookie, cookie clicker no, 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 obviously. <laughs> yesterday (laughs) yesterday we're recording the show that was out the week before this and andrew is fucking sitting there playing cookie clicker amazing he's like i got a prestige he's like andrew prestige prestige four times andrew just so you know let me ask you this question guys because garnet was giving me shit about this on my my number three game of the year uh i understand it's a little bit of a cheat but it's not a cheat it's hearthstone it's a beta. I it's per- not out. I personally would not just because it's a beta. You're not allowed to vote for it again next year then. Damn it. So <laughs> No, you can yeah, get, so no, me, in beta, back you up, can't me, vote for it. As someone who's been doing this for a long time, let me back up a hair. I think that this is a conversation that's changed since when we used to have it. So we used to have these big meetings on the eighth floor when we gather all zip together and we talk about game of the year, right? We had EGM, we had official PlayStation, we had CGW, we had one up. And and at that era, betas were a little different. Right. I yep. think that I almost want to say Hearthstone is a this year release. I agree. And, and and I also think it has to do with the kind of game it is. Like other games that are in beta, I think because of the kind of game this is, it's less of a beta beta. It's more they're balancing I, it. And they, that's, exactly. I, I, they're play tuning. They're doing like, go ahead. James. But I think it's hard to say like, look, if it's, if it's something where you can't go even now, early access games, maybe we can argue this a little bit because, you know, you can just go on steam and buy that. You can't just go buy Hearthstone or download Hearthstone. You have to get a that's code a from point. someone. And so that's like to say that it's like still a walled garden yeah. is what makes it really hard. It's a for me loosely, hundreds loosely of thousands. Walled. I know. It's, it, I know. It. I know. And in the last week, few weeks or so, it's been, you know, beta codes are fucking And the same thing applies trees, to Dota 2, by the way. I think Dota 2, Dota's, it's out. But that's it's out. free to everybody now. Well, it is now. Right. As of the you know, middle December. But would you have said last year? Like Exactly. Uh, I mean. Uh, and, yeah, but Far Cry 3 was so, also available in middle of December and that was a fantastic game. I think any any discussion Devil's like this, you probably saying. should you probably should figure out what the rule is. For instance, with, for the Oscars, you hmm. have to play your movie for one week on a Los Angeles theater, open to the public, ticket sales, 
during the calendar year. Right. So like The Wind Rises, the Miyazaki film that isn't coming out in the US until next year, came out in Japan this year. Well, it doesn't matter. It has to come out in LA. So they the showed it in LA grown, for a week. The and gray they, area has grown broader since yeah. th- than what it was in say 2006 2007 sure it's but just, it's still a gray area so I, Jeff, you, if you want if you want to include hearthstone i feel i feel like at this point it would be absurd for me to sit here and say no you can't include because he's maybe I, I feel like i would be just a douchebag right no and no you, you're not a douchebag he's in he's trying to include know, a game that a that most what I'm saying people is at this can't point, have access to i think po- that it's fair that it should be waited until is it most people open access i feel like at this point Mo- if you, i mean if, you, if a couple hundred thousand people have access and there's seven billion people on the planet i would not well, call it and, most people and, and there's another aspect to this too <laughs> just, in some regards the games it's are just straight math, you think blizzard okay? is counting on seven billion insane <laughs> but if games change a lot too, I mean that's the other. Have you seen the WoW community in China? <laughs> Some of them may have been searching for Hearthstone. They're still looking. <laughs> <laughs> that does not. I, okay, so all of that is a preface to say that Hearthstone is one of the greatest games ever made, and is going to have a huge long tail. It will, and is pure distilled crack. And also not a new IP. And, and you crack. and you think people are hooked on it now? Yeah. You just wait until it comes out on iOS. Yeah, I know, right? Well, yeah, iOS is going to be the... the doesn't have a number in its title, Garnet. <laughs> yeah, it's also not a new IP. All right, so James and Oz. Uh, I got a Super Mario 3D World. Excellent. And what in, what in your top three, rounding out your top three? Rounding out my top three, I probably have... Shoot, I got Bioshock Infinite 2, and I got probably The Last of Us. I can't Infinite wait to two, play I that I can't wait one. to play that, too. He's got yeah. early access. See, he put a, a game he that's meant, in beta as no, well. No, no, he meant also he from meant the bio, word, too. Oh, okay. And, and what else? I, I Bioshock Infinite as well, and what else? Super Mario 3D World and, and, would probably rank the, higher if I'd played more of it, but the first three worlds have been have I, blown my mind. I actually said Last of Us 3. I actually have Last of Us a little below that. Number three for me is actually... Shoot, I just blanked. Uh, uh, it's uh, oh, it's it's Zelda. What am I talking about? It's Zelda. Okay, James. Uh, Zelda: Link Between Worlds is number one. Uh, you in GameSpot? Open yeah. opening the doors to Hellfire and Damnation. Yeah, and I, I and mean, Russian Clank. I have his number. No, no, thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is a good game into the next season. This, like uh, this is also he not won't your exit for his either. own game. But, but um, <laughs> that that's a good one. Uh, or and I do think, and I think there you can make an argument against Link Between Worlds that it maybe relies too much on the shoulders of a link to the past and too much on nostalgia. But it's all new content and it ex- it builds on a much beloved game that yep. people wanted a sequel yep, to. Yeah, that's why and that's why more than anything. That, and that is why it's my number 1. So and it does shake up the Zelda formula in a really good way in a way that it hasn't been shaken up in a long time. So there's a lot of reasons for it to be number 1, but I can understand why some people would look at it and discount it because of that. Uh, Super Mario 3D World is my number two game. So wow, you're the a Nintendo two, fanboy I, over here. But uh, literally, great the, two, the two best games probably of the fourth quarter came out the same day as the Xbox One came out on Nintendo platforms. Wow. I mean, three? true that. The two best. And number three, uh, I'm not sure what I actually finally wrote down, but either Grand Theft Auto V or Last of Us would have been my uh, mm. number three. And I think it was Grand Theft Auto V is my number three. All right. Fair warning as we head into this final break. When we come back on the other side, I'm going to start off and I'm going to start working through the calendar because there's a number of games we haven't talked about. There's a number yeah. of games that uh, came out this year that I think are in that middle ground that Shane spoke about. So, And I'm, I'm going to talk about some indies. I'm going to let there be an argument in the green room about who gets to come on next. There is space down at the end that actually we could share there. So we could do six or maybe even seven people. I'm, I'm game to having as I got many a, people. I got an empty here. lap over here. You got an empty lap. So oh, baby. Enjoy a little music interlude. We're going to take a little extended break while we do the ballots. Talk Mark, about what's going to come Marcus up next. Marcus has already decided he's in my lap. Marcus. 
Yeah. Well, you know, it's been a, to be Jeff's laugh is very so appealing. It's <laughs> very appealing. So stick around. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Season's greetings to the Weekend Confirmed crew and the listeners all around the world. It's Julian Cantor, the Chief Synesthetic Officer of Funk Masonry Industries and the creator of Groove, available now on Xbox Live Indie Games for only 99 cents. And by available now, I mean uh, available five years ago. Yeah, that's really scary. But anyway, speaking of five years ago, well, more than that, I've been listening to Garnet, you, since the start of One Up Yours, which is a really long time ago. I was like, I think of a sophomore in high school, and now I am 25 years old. That is also very scary. But, you know, since those One Up Yours days, you've matured a lot since then. You brought in Jeff Kanata, who I've also been a big fan of since the TRS days. But, you know, I love that still, even though you've matured, that there's still these glimpses of the fiery debate and sophomoric humor that, you know, they just manage to sneak in their way in every once in a while. So I I love that. So I'm a grad student at USC right now. Uh, I make games and other weird media projects. And I'm always really busy. I barely have any time to play games. Uh, I still do manage to play uh, a game or two of Spelunky every day. But other than that, I really don't have that much time to play games at all. And I'm also extremely cheap, so I love listening to you guys talk about the newest, latest, best games out there. Uh, I've never touched WoW a single day in my life, but for some reason I get this weird, perverse pleasure from listening to Jeff Kanata talk about that game. Anyway, guys, Garnet, I know you love music games, and I hope to make many more in the future for you to enjoy. But in the meantime, if you ever need an L.A.-based, devil's advocate-playing, no-name indie game developer to be on your show, I'll happily oblige. But uh, until then, I just want to leave you with a final special holiday edition of The Tailgate. All right, Garnet, Jeff, and the rest of the crew, it's December 29th, 2013. We're here in Dallas for Garnet's Cowboys versus my Philadelphia Eagles. We head now to Merrill Reese with the game called Merrill. And it is a wild day as the unexpected happens. The dream of a lot of us has come true. The Eagles and the Cowboys with everything on the line for both teams. And so the winner of this game becomes the NFC East champion. Backs side by side. McCoy. Sneaks. He's in. Touchdown. Romo takes the snap. He's back. He lobs it. It's intercepted on the far side of the field. This is Tony Romo. You give him pressure, he's going to give you opportunities. Back goes Romo again. He's looking, he's running, he's hit, he fumbles again, and he's recovered again. Five, four, three, two, one. And the Eagles have defeated the Dallas Cowboys 44-6. They are heading to the playoffs. You see, Julian, you are so close to being on the show, and then, and then, and then that. That was like... He's 25, though. I mean, pretty yeah, old. He's a little so old for this close. show. 
So close to being on, and yet so far. All right, so we've gathered together this group to uh, get together the last section. James is furiously like uh, like a Florida Chad counter massaging he the is. ballots. He's looking at them. Who knows? Them who knows exactly who's going to win? <laughs> I think that he's still like trying to. He's like, I like how he's no, like, no, carry looking. the two. No looking. No peeking. No, no peeking. peeking. It's close. It's very, it's, very, it's close. very close. So who we got in here? We got James, Jeff, Chris. Hello, Spicer. Jeff, Guys, can, can I just say Christmas. that I've been a fan of yours since all those other shows, shows you used to do got canceled. <laughs> I have been... <laughs> I'm so... Uh, oh, dear. The truth is... It's funny because it's painful. And because... I can say it because you're a little tipsy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it seems like I'm the only one drinking. Other than Andrea. She's always drinking. No, we just all have higher tolerances than you. What's that? All right. We all have higher tolerances than you. Well, that is also true. So uh, and uh, Andrew and, and Jeff are here. Yeah, ho ho ho, hello. Yeah. So guys, number of games that have not come up yet, and we're going to kind of go through them chronologically. One of the first ones I want to throw out there is DMC, the reboot of Devil May Cry. No one has touched on this. I I, I was going to until I was unceremoniously booted out of my last segment. <laughs> Blame Ozzy. I I generally do for most Blame things. Blame Ozzy. It's all Ozzy's fault. You talked about that last week a little bit. To your love of blaming Ozzy. Oh, oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, also that. <laughs> no, I, I think I think DMZ got a really unfair shake from gamers, and that's really unfortunate that uh, that they couldn't look past an art style. Like I, I, I thought the gameplay was really strong, and I, I, I love the level design. I think there's there's a lot of really memorable boss battles, especially the like Fox News segment that they had in there. That's like <laughs> one of my highlights of the year, uh, and I thought it was just really pretty uh, from an art direction standpoint. So it's really it's really upsetting that a lot of gamers didn't give it a try just because they didn't like the new Dante. Like, I, I, and I'm not exactly sure why they didn't like him. You know, like I, that there there was always that disconnect. So well, he was kind of an emo prick, right? I mean, but <laughs> I mean, I, that's why people didn't like him. Summed no. it up very succinctly there. <laughs> yeah. He just said that, and then he looked like like. You guys are support that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, you know, you got, you got I mean, I mean he's that, the coolest right? character ever, right, I feel guys? bad because that was like the game that I remember. And I mean, I think part of the reason it was so long ago. I mean, we're talking about 11 months ago when a lot of people played that game. And, you know, I just never got around to playing it. So that's one of the reasons I didn't bring it up. But everyone told me it was really good and I should play it. And I got busy and that kind of got, I don't know. And maybe that's part of it. I didn't. I sort of forgot about it, and it feels like a lot of people have kind of forgotten about it since playing it. I, I, well, think, I think it's been for, quickly forgotten yeah. about. I, I mean, I think the problem with, uh, you know, just writing off Dante as like a, a emo prick, it's like his characterization wasn't particularly good but in see, the I Capcom games either. I don't you know? think, I don't think, I think that may be why people didn't give it a chance immediately, but I mean, a lot of people did give it a chance and said good things about it, yeah. and more people tried it because of that, but then, you know, the talk just kind of died, and I'm not sure if that's because, well, and, it, you know, and, it was good, but it wasn't great and didn't yeah. last because of and that, also, or, and like I said, I haven't played it, so I don't know, but. I think the gameplay is, is really, really solid in that game, but. But I mean, the guy is like behaving like a douche from like scene like, one, and he's you're just... a douche in every other Capcom Devil May Cry game too. But like, it was I, a, I never I liked Dante. It as was a, a re- that, that's the thing, right? That's the that's it the was thing. a reboot of a series that never sold particularly well since. Ah, like, but as a one huge fan of Devil May Cry, here's here's my take on this. I thought DMC was a very competent game, but I think it was exemplary of how Western developers are unable to capture the unidentifiable style sense. That when a Japanese developed game of the action genre hits right is able to capture, and I don't know what it is. It's there's like some kind of hard to define I, atmospheric sense I to it, I don't, and I don't, DMC doesn't have it. I don't think it's the like je ne sais quoi thing. I mean, obviously, 
I, I think Devil May Cry. I'm not French. Devil May Cry 3. Well, that's why it didn't speak to you. I, I mean, know what Ninja so, Theory it, is. Uh, <laughs> but but Devil May Cry 3, like, yeah, that's untouchable. I, I, I understand that. Like, that's a brilliant game. And, and Ninja Theory didn't come close to that. But I, I do think that it's like heads and shoulders over a lot of other similar action games. I would agree. So, so I have a question I would for agree. you. I have a question for you on that topic. And it's kind of game of the year because I think it's the best game on Xbox One right now. How did you feel about a Western developer taking Dead Rising and the how you felt that shift between the two? So I haven't played Dead Rising on Xbox One, so I can't really answer that question. But Capcom other, Vancouver did develop Dead Rising 2. Right, other than to say that to me, between having played both of them, I actually much preferred Dead Rising 1. I think Even Dead with Rising its timers. is pretty good. And it, it feels very Western, but it felt like felt like Dead Rising was trying to be a Western game anyway, back in the day. Yeah. And, and, well, and Dead Rising 2, and you bring up a good point that it was, but I mean, like, that game still kind of stayed very, tried to stay close, whereas Dead Rising 3 really said, ought to hell with some of this stuff, and just went very Western. But and, James, to your point, Dead Rising 1 did buy into, like, let's create this atmosphere, let's create this experience, whereas Dead Rising 2 is like, let's create a Vegas-like open world side of thing, let's do lots of weapons, let's do weapons crafting on crafting benches, and all those sort of things that are more trappings that I think of as Western game devices. The thing that I I think that was lost from the Dead Rising games that's a shame, that feels very Eastern, is the photography aspect. That was really awesome. It was really the cool. Whole taking pictures thing was yeah, super cool. Yeah, and getting PP for that. Uh, it's like <laughs> PP. I love it. But that's PP. what it was. It was yeah. Got to get you. Got to get your PP. Get your PPs, babe. Um, but and, what was the what's? And there's probably something, and someone will yell at me. Hopefully, in this room, what was the last Eastern developed action game that did it right, even by an Eastern developer? Because Ninja Gaiden Three certainly wasn't it. Which is Bayonetta. actually a game of Bayonetta. Bayonetta. How old yeah. is Bayonetta now? Yeah, Bayonetta's pretty old by now. Is it three, four years? Yeah. Now? I mean, Jesus. well, wait, Vanquish came out after that, though, Vanquish, right? yeah. Then, okay, yeah, so then it's Vanquish. Same developers, though. That's but the did Van- <laughs> I feel like Vanquish was... Platinum's on top of that vibe. Yeah, maybe they're the only ones to... Vanquish, I feel like... Oh, what's your well, those games different. just aren't getting greenlit as much anymore, either. Like, I mean, there's not as many of them to even have a chance. The Oh, I do love that game. What is it called? The name just flew out of my head because I've been drinking. The Day of the Dead... With Johnson, game. with my Johnson. Yeah, what's the name of that game? Oh, uh, Shadows of the Damned. Yes, yeah. Shadows yeah. of the Damned, which I think actually scratches that itch perfectly. Right, and, and actually, that's very Eastern, and and I and I adored it. Yeah. I still to this day adore Shadows of the. I Damned. I don't know when, but when it's also timeline wise. Yeah, was least, last summer was that last summer? It was this past was, summer. No, so it was past it was what, if I, what I find interesting is that we're talking about these uh, Japanese developed action two. games. And no one's talking about Metal Gear Rising, which did come out this year. I didn't play it, and I played it and finished it. It was did you like it. It's not a. It's not in the class of game of the year contenders, and I think primarily because it was a game that was quickly created by Platinum to say, "Oh shit, you know they, we've got to create this game," and, and they were handed this. They were handed the premise and the framework and said and told, "Hey, use this premise and framework and make us a game." Yeah. And they made a game, and they made a game that's fun to play. <laughs> and they made a game. Box quote. <laughs> And it's fun to play. This is a game. game. We made it. This is a game. I would say that I would say that they made a game that's very solid and very fun (laughs) as a fun action game. But it's not. You know, it's it's. It, it's not in that echelon, right? It's and, not. In and that how about space. Wonderful One Hundred One? Another. Oh, binary game. binary domain is another game though that hops into that like. Okay, good. So there are. So I was just having a memory. Wonderful One Hundred another very Eastern game too. But I don't. It's it's a weird. I wonder if what's happening, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you feel about it, is if action everything's going Western. Like JRPGs don't sell well or get. Well, I hope there's bad the conversation because let me throw you the other side. So yeah, we're kind I of agree. I think that's a loss. Things. So another February release, Dead Space Three. 
Now, after the Dead Space series started to build up and Volition looked like they could do no wrong, Dead Space 3 seems to be a, a very wild misstep. We're not even, no one has spoken about it in this conversation. Well, uh, I, I, I forgot has, it came has, out. Has anyone else played it through? You got you liked it a lot. I remember I, you liked it a I lot. I liked it. I liked it fairly well. I thought that the thing that it did really well was this asymmetrical co-op stuff right. that they they the tried like losing to your losing right, your marbles. It was well, it was like the beginning of a very cool concept where it's a horror game and you can, you know, you're having one player see something completely different than the other player in these really tense situations and it creates I I mean I like the concept of that. Uh the gameplay was, you know, it's it felt like I didn't like it as much as 2, but it was a solid dead space game. Well, I mean, here's the, here's the, here, I think here's the ultimate problem for them. I mean, cause I think they made a pretty good game overall. Yeah. Like it's a good game. Um, but it's dead game. space one is the game that, you know, people and you know, EA said a lot of things of that time period, um, in terms of why it went co-op and why it became more actiony. Dead space one was an awesome survival horror game with some action elements. And it was, but it ultimately like for whatever reason, they determined that was niche. Like survival horror is a niche market, and as they moved away from that to try and broaden it, it you know it was still very good. They didn't make a bad game, but then that lost that lost what some of the people yeah, that really more, loved Dead Space one got about. More and, right? And what they, they were, and what they missed was yeah. that what we loved about Dead Space was the fact that it was completely immersive. That you had that it was very innovative for its era because it had oh, no it was HUD, hugely no HUD. Everything conveyed the sound design and everything. great sound design, very immersive, and and yet they overlooked those pieces. And looked to other games that were out in the same era and said, well, why are we successful in this landscape as opposed to why are we successful based off of what's cool about this? Well, game? and it, it's also a game that sort of brings to light that whole difference between, you know, horror games and, you know, games that call themselves horror games but are really shooters. Shooters. Yep. Shooters with monsters. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, like, I think, I think uh, it sort of felt like uh, designed by, like, checklist more, more than anything, right? Like, it's like it right. felt like they went to the marketing department gave a lot of surveys out it's like well what would you want in a game like <laughs> without really thinking about like what would you want in a dead space game just like what would you want in a game and like mm. throw all these features into it without really thinking about what so how much want. would you apply that same uh, description to ea's other february 3 crisis 3 crisis 3 great not game. in this conversation it, it was it's a, it's a better game than it gets it's credit on for. my list as a so close it's not as good so as two. close so close i, I, I think, see, it's, I think better it's better i liked crisis 3 more than two it mixes really? crisis three more than two. it mixes jungle and urban uh better than two did and i feel German? like it really german i think it really scratched that itch it was so 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 close to to making cracking into i think it is my top 10 it's probably like eight yeah I think if you go back now and look at where... So one of the things that came up with Crisis, as always does, is comparison of console to PC versions. And it's well, inevitable. the PC version is so and much the, better. And the, and the PC yeah. version's always well, I mean, like, you go back to, like... And you were saying you were excited about Tomb Raider coming out on Xbox One and PlayStation 4. I mean, mm-hmm. if you played it on PC, you've already had the, like, the yeah. glorious experience of Tomb Raider, you know, running at a high res yeah. and at a high frame rate. and. Um, although, although now that's been bridged, they, uh, although but. they are promising that the co- new console versions will look better than the PC version. Like, okay, sure. I mean, I mean, that's what they're saying. I mean, knows? but I mean, what I'm saying like you know, like because of the power of the cloud. Well, no, I think they may have even updated. <laughs> you know, they may have updated stuff to be more native, or who knows? Who knows what they? Did? I don't know. Well, I, 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 I'm really glad not to sidetrack a little bit. Actually, sidetrack completely to sidetrack. But I'm really glad Jeff's here because I've been trying to talk about indies like. Every There's a segment. whole grip of them. Oh, there, nice, yeah. I could I could name a top ten games of the year just as indies, just using indies, and they wouldn't it wouldn't be like I'm ignoring the triple. Let, let, let me rattle off what I have for you. I have 
Papers, Please, I Have the Stanley Parable, Cart Life, Antichamber, Gone Home, Gunpoint, The Swapper, Kentucky Route Zero. And that's just the list that I came together with, you know, while studying it. Like, yeah, for me, together. Monaco, Monaco, yeah, Monaco, Gunpoint and Rogue Legacy are like, I will, I will take. I will go toe to toe with any AAA game you want to bring to the table. Bring it, Monaco, especially for multiplayer. That was yeah. my multiplayer game of the year. I think Monaco is fucking awesome and so smart and so clever. And I think Gunpoint is tragically overlooked. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's beautifully written, clever, funny, interesting. The gameplay is unique and different, and it uses your mind, but also is sort of twitchy. Yeah, great game. Yeah, yeah, really, and really surprisingly, disarmingly funny. It's very yeah. well written. Mm-hmm. I, I think the thing about indies this year versus last year uh, is that there's there are a lot of really noteworthy indies, but I don't think there's a single game that really captured the industry's attention, much like The Walking Dead did or or the, like Journey. Did. I think Gone well, so Home kind of lives in that space, but for me, I, Gone Home wasn't the best indie experience of the year. But and I I, I think did you say the Stanley Parable? Like, yeah, Stanley Parable lives lives in yeah. there for me. It's but Andrew's argument is that they're a victim of their own success. Because that if you go back a year or two ago, like Limbo didn't have this degree of competition. Also, exactly. Yeah, but Limbo also had a gigantic like spotlight and platform holder pushing energy it did. onto it. But I mean, but there it, weren't as like if, many superlative games of this degree of polish and finish. And I know people are going to get upset. They're going to be like Braid to start rattling off other sure, types, sure. Fez, all those other games. And there were. But I think that what's happened is that is that those games pioneered. They were the trailblazers. And now we are in an era of indie games being in a degree of spotlight. Maybe mm-hmm. it's not as big as a Tomb Raider or Grand Theft Auto, but they are they are there in our space, in our in our mindshare. I think gaming, we talk about it not growing up, but I think it has. This is showing that gaming has grown up. Dude, extent. I said that a long time ago. We grew up. We grew up years ago. And I think as they as I listen to what's going on in the booth, <laughs> never mind. Chaos. Um, I think I, that that other podcast that I'm I recording is going to be I, unlistenable. There's, I, there's, unlistenable. There's photos or video That's being taken with it. an iPad, which is disturbing. There, people are taking their clothes off. There's a lot of liquor. But the maker's mark is, is being removed. Being removed from liquor, <laughs> which is weird. People are willing to have fun with a game that isn't there, maybe all the way, but they see fun parts of it or interesting parts of it and you can have a creative uh, and intellectual discussion about it and like I think some of these indie games for me at least you know they're not the most fun thing in the world like Papers Please I personally did not have fun playing but I appreciate its existence well, I don't think you're supposed to have fun yeah, exactly that's the know? point and that's so I think it's cool and I think that shows where you know this type of game exists to start a conversation. Not I totally. To be like, but maybe I'm screwball but now. At- but in my screwball way of looking at things, if I didn't enjoy playing, I mean, this is the argument Andrea and I were having. Like for me, game of the year is has to be my expression. Okay, oh, but but sure. let me just challenge you on that because okay. I, I can have an incredible experience that doesn't come from joyous. It, you know, like I. Did you like the film year, Schindler's In other words, you don't exactly. you know, I was, yes. was going to say yes, the diving bell and the butterfly, but yeah, it's that sort of thing. He fakes it sometimes. <laughs> it, it's you can you can be so glad you went through something even if that something it wasn't necessarily fun well no those experiences you come out of and you and god i mean the best ones you're actually thinking about life and you're thinking about the world or your right. role in it i mean papers please is a perfect example of exposing people to a very real sort of thing that most people wouldn't. And it was inspired by travels. Of, I mean, it was, yeah. You know, and then on the other hand, you have those sort of more esoteric games like Machinarium and Terrarium. Right. And like the, in that, in that sort of more exploratory antechamber, yeah, more, more gameplay, more game oriented exploratory phase. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Gone home is very much a, 
while I would not put it in my game of the year list, it in terms of most important games of the year, that is definitely one. And it goes to that whole, you know, art house versus Hollywood, right. you know, mentality where it's like, look, not all art is supposed to make you feel good. Like not all art is supposed to be a happy ride. And yeah, and it's a little more confusing when you're in the world of games because games by their nature of their description are supposed to be traditionally fun. However, yep. we're evolving to a point where people are using it as an expressive medium that goes beyond just, I want you to, en- to entertain you for two hours in a very you know mm-hmm. surface way. Christian, you wanted guacamole in game of the year, right? I think you had it in your top five, right? Oh yeah. It's such a good, and that's, I think we consider that an indie. A good game. So make the argument for guacamole. Uh, it's Luchadors. awesome. It's so awesome. Luchadores. It really is awesome and clever, and well written. Yeah. Juicebox Studios, Drinkbox, Juicebox, Drinkbox, Drinkbox. Uh, Mutant Blobs Attack. They did before that, also on Vita. Great okay. game. And Guacamelee is has style, and it's a two D action platformer. And people talk about Meat Boy, Super Meat Boy, or N Plus for having tight controls. Like Guac- the controls on Guacamelee are are tight. There's precision jumping. You you level up and get new powers as you progress. And the combat is fun. The combat evolves. I feel like had Guacamelee, and this is might be weird, but if it were like a Mario game, if a new 2D Mario game came out that had similar type of uh, power progression that you would unlock instead of suits where you got this new ability, I think it would be on lots of people's top five games of the year list. I think because it's a new IP and Luchadore and very, you know, the style is a thing. People don't know it as much. Mm-hmm. I think people avoided it. Um, or maybe didn't give it the chance, but it's such a charming game. Uh, it's fun. The comedy sometimes can be over the top in like the jokes they do, but give it a shot if you haven't tried it. It's on PS3 and Steam and Vita. Yeah, uh, I think I think if I mean I know that it did well financially, it was like yeah. a success for them. But I do think it it might also have been hurt just by coming out earlier in the year. And so like <clears throat> once you guys like mentioned Guacamelee, I'm like, oh yeah, of course Guacamelee. I love that game, and I'm like. Oh man, if only I could like take that sheet of paper that I gave James <laughs> back and like add that back to my list, it's, you know? For me this year, what, James, what, already James is like looking under the tallied. table. It's for me it this year what Mark of the Ninja was last year and, oh, yeah. and that it proved that there's still so much more creativity to be done in the, in the 2D space. Where Mark of the Ninja did 2D stealth so well and so beautifully and this kind of elevates action platforming to a new level that people hadn't done yet and yeah, i think I that's mean, really cool it's uh it's metroidvania if metroidvania had an emphasis on platforming you know like right the platforming in a metroidvania game is just for you to get from point a to point b mm-hmm. while in guacamelee moving around is actually the game you know let me give you another game that is well it's hard to describe because it's impossible to say that a game that was released by ubisoft would be independent but I am a little surprised we got all the way to the end of the show and haven't talked about Blood Dragon. Oh, Far yeah. Cry 3. I mentioned that in the green room, actually. Yeah. Yeah, Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon absolutely captured our hearts and minds in, in the April-May window. I mean, it was just, it came out of nowhere. And it was this amazing game where designers at a big studio said, you know what, we have an engine. Yeah, we don't, let's not do DLC. Or let's just do something batshit insane. I, I'd put that in the same bucket as Call of War as Gunslinger. In, okay, bash it in, in, in like, yeah, well, in the in the whole like, this shouldn't exist, and it's so awesome that it does. Like, I mean, the thing is, it wasn't really risky. I mean, it's like I understand that it breaks a lot of the traditional ideas of what DLC should be, but it's it wasn't risky. It but was it wasn't even a, it wasn't DLC. It was standalone. Yeah, which is, I think, a little risky, 
right? No, I really don't it's think it's actually less risky than uh, yeah, standalone. It's, it's, yeah, people because people who didn't even buy Far Cry could have played it. And then if they if they like Blood Dragon, but then they might I mean, go back into come on, like we're gonna make a crazy like eighties games with dragons flying around and neon, and it's kind of contra but updated. Like like that's that's weird and out there and. Not but, something you would normally see coming through a big publisher like Ubisoft. And, I mean, and, I, and that's, that's really super cool. cool. And, and kudos to—I mean, they made a game set in the American Revolution. I mean, like they—they're good at finding Neat. like settings and niches that that should be exploited. They're like they're oil. Oh but, but I mean, Assassin's was, Creed Neon Future—that's what I want. <laughs> you mean Blade Runner? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I mean Prey too. Oh, oh. That's sad. Hey, that's pour, my pour most out. that's pour my most anticipated 2016. <laughs> <laughs> don't hold your breath. Uh, so another game over the summer that I kind of want to and, and I don't know that it necessarily bears game of the year mention, but I want to recognize it for being able to get me interested in a genre that I'm not quickly interested in, which is zombies. And that's State of Decay. Oh yeah, so good. And State of Decay is another one of these games. Like, do you call that an indie? Yeah, abso- you, I, I call it an indie. I would absolutely call it an indie. In fact, it, it, an interesting comparison is to look at something like uh, Dead Island, right? Yes. Which is trying to do basically the same thing. And, and no m- offense to them, I think State of Decay is worlds better. Oh, it is. It is because the, I mean, Dead Island is basically, you know, it's a first person zombie killing game. And yeah, there's some exploration you're going around and it's definitely has a higher budget feel to it. However, the actual gameplay loop in State of Decay is a lot uh, it feels a lot stronger to me. It's a lot more satisfying to actually, you feel like you're surviving. You feel like you're actually making a mark on this world. And, uh, you know, the fact that it's got roguelike elements to it is, you know, never hurts, I think, to to bring that sort of immersion like you're trying to survive in the apocalypse sort of thing. Um, the manner in which they get that sort of, I think the same thing that people vibed on in DayZ, yeah. that whole like, I, what would it be like to survive in this situation right. and make it into a real role-playing sort of experience works for me. Yeah. Cause and that's what's, that's what's cool about yeah, it. Yeah. It doesn't try to be a shooter. It doesn't try to be like all these things that, that it really isn't. It's more, I mean, yes, it has mechanics surrounding all those yep. things you would expect, but really it's about base building and it's about finding other survivors and it's about scouting the, the area the whole thing and, of like building up your home base and the way yeah. and, and the way they did the relationships between all of different and the fact that you zap between them there's not a you don't ever get a sense of well you start to feel like maybe one or two at least i did one or two of my different people i could play are, are my guys because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna go yeah. back and rest them yep. and maybe they're like the people i'm trying to like really accumulate stats around but the game because of the way it works forces you to play all the other players right it makes and it more of a community sort it's, of it's feel. Co- exactly, it builds the whole community sense, and yeah. I really, really appreciate. No, it's that. it's a fan. It's a, it's really good. It's it's highly sort of overlooked, I think, by a lot of folks. But if you like the zombie stuff and 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 want that zombie survival experience, it's really hard to go wrong with that. So I feel like we have to also, and and maybe this group is probably just the kind that will just do tip of the hat. I feel like we have to do tip of the hat to Dota Two. Dota Two yeah. is the most yeah. played game on Steam. Period. Amen end of discussion yeah i mean mm. that is if you look at twitch it's like it's oh. absurd <laughs> yep. oh look how many people are just watching people play that <laughs> well and between that and league of legends like the moba scene is doing MOBA scene very is very well well that's yeah. why there's like a million moba like games yeah. coming out now yeah, yeah. Everyone, that's the mmo research yeah, except ev- MOBA. Every, yeah. everyone wants to get in on that hot moba money you know yeah, i feel right. like dota 2 this year <clears throat> falls into the same problem that assuming it continues with the pedigree of the first episode that like Walking Dead season two might fall into next year where Dota two was in beta for so long that now it's out. But I don't know if people consider it 
coming out this year, whereas like Walking Dead, since episode one came out this year, assuming the other four come out next year, where does that fall into? I mean, I think at least for us on Shack News, Walking Dead wouldn't be considered until next year, but Dota 2 would be considered this year because it came out this I year. I feel like And I think Dota... it should be, but people, I think, forget about it because of that because it's been around for so long and in discussion as a great game and, it, oh yeah, it's out. Well, of course it's out. Of course it's great. And then yeah, people yeah, move per- on. I feel Perpetual like Dota, it lives in this space above, like, like sort of like, wow. <laughs> you know, like it lives in this space hovering above the March fray. Than life. Yeah, it's it's... It's in its own category that's above game of the year, you know? It's like cuz it's not going to be of a year. It's going to be of a of an era. It's like the era of Dota or right. the era of WoW. Well, it's you know? like it's like the giving Minecraft a game of the year right, award because exactly. it was so iterative uh, iterated on and and by the time it actually had an official release, people had been playing it for a long time. And so. it already made like 3 trillion yeah. dollars by then. <laughs> exactly. But if the question was, can Dota 2 be successful in a world that League of Legends has already cemented? The answer is an emphatic yes. Yes. Yep. Emph- yeah, and and here's the storm is going to have an interesting it's going to have an interesting road to hoe coming up because you know, well, Heroes of the Storm could be the one that breaks the ice on a mar- an even larger audience. Yep. <sighs> the audience is already I, I, enormous. Yeah, I think I think this is one of the first times that Blizzard's going to be the underdog when they when they enter. With well, they were game. an underdog looking at EverQuest. You know, it's like but look at what they're learning on Hearthstone. Hearthstone's made Jeff's list, and the way people are consuming Hearthstone, which is a collectible card game, which is to some people might be a little off-putting, but they made it so accessible. Is that like Hearthstone? Is it's that the same? It's thing? like Hearthstone. It is. It's the same. It is. It's like the next version of Hearthstone. Right. Okay. It's like the next version of Hearthstone. <laughs> it's the grammatically correct version of Hearthstone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to throw a couple other games that are in my contention, and one of them I think may surprise a lot of you: Diablo three on console. Yeah, I mean, that's a legit... It's hard to put that it, in your game of the year where it's like, well, I've No, it's not for it. me. It's not for me because it was a miss on PC, but the console version is right. It's I think fixed. it's a miss on PC? I think it was a miss on PC because of the way they sacrificed so much to the the auction real house. money auction house and the way Still that a great it, game. the way that impacted the loot drop system. I have that had, was in my top five that year. It was, and it wasn't in mine. And yet the PS3 version is definitely in my top 10 because I've enjoyed playing it so much more. Hmm. And no real so money suction house. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And it's going to be interesting to see. More you know, like Diablo adjusted. 3 on PC now may become one of those long-legged games because of that. Oh, I think it certainly will, especially when the when the expansion comes out. You know? Yep. I think I I think it will. I think uh, and it's going to be interesting too when it comes out for PS4. Uh I'm excited to re- replay. Let me give you another high creative game that goes by the way, the game we were talking about before that we overlooked Beyond. How does Beyond get overlooked in all of this conversation? Well, I think it's a. It is not bad. Andrew Yoon, stop it. (laughs) I enjoyed the hell out of Beyond. I I really did. I loved every second of it. I I found it very immersive and interesting. I thought the ending was. Look, David Kage may not know what to do with a female young girl protagonist, but. What did you just call him? I was joking around saying David Kage. Kage. David Cage. Okay, yeah. I I misheard that. It may. may, Look, he may not have. I think that there was probably some disconnect there between him trying to be too involved in writing a character of that sort that he doesn't really have any grounds to identify with. And you kind of got that impression from the game, I guess. But but it's still... No, I think I think people had a bigger issue with the idea of a fractured narrative mm-hmm. and felt like it it was too fractured for its own good and it sort of overreached I, in that I think it, I, I think the, the narrative... If you assembled it line- linearly, it would become far less interesting. 
I agree. And and I, I think that's shows and, you and how think, uninteresting the narrative is. And I think that's part of the problem. Yeah. But it's supposed to be it's supposed to be slices of life. It's supposed to be these these moments that you live, that you make these very mundane choices, but that those choices, if you invest in them, add up to something interesting. And for me, it did. I can totally understand how people wouldn't consider that uh, a, a favorite of theirs, but for me, it, it was a very good game. It didn't make my list, but. I was certainly a, a an experience I treasure from the year. Okay, about a Western bias game. So we've all sat around. I've I've heard many people about gushing about how much they love Tearaway, and yet how can there not be so many people gushing about Puppeteer? Because Puppeteer no one is, played it exactly, yeah. and they should have played well, it. Uh, Puppeteer uh, is freaking amazing. And so on that good. Same, in that same realm, Raymond Legends. Oh, absolutely terrific peas and carrots do you, how do you <laughs> nah, rhubarb, don't rhubarb. do that to rayman rayman deserves rayman, rayman legends is fucking badass i mean nintendo really got hosed when they pushed that back to release it with the ps3 and the xbox 360 versions because that could have been a game selling wii u all year if yeah exactly and 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 it's so good on wii u i mean it's great it's Good it's good and, on the it's yeah. great on the other systems, but, it, but like, you could man, tell it was designed for yeah. Wii U and the touchpad. Like when when you play the other console versions, you're just like you know that something's missing. You know, you I get think that feeling. The whole game got overlooked because of that delay because it angered the hardcore Wii U fan base, and then the well, and they other pushed co- it back into the holiday window, and there's all this other hype for other stuff. So yeah, exactly. Jeff, you wanted to include Path of the Exile, I think. In I your, do. In I mean, this I want to make sure we're wrapping this stuff up. It's another game that was in beta a long time and then finally came out this year. It is an excellent, excellent game uh, made with passion by a really committed group. And and I think I, I had a blast with it uh, and I'm still playing it. Uh, it's very deep, a lot of hours into it. It, it. I mean, it's hard to put at the top of my list because it is... It does feel derivative of a you know of the of the Diablo style, but it it does all that stuff very very well, and I really really like it. All right, so if you had to choose, because we're gonna wrap things up, Je- James has got the ballot there. He's I feel like we're at the Oscars. A lot of suspense before we out. before we run to that. A lot of folks did pick up or will be receiving under their Christmas trees or however they celebrate new consoles. Where do you guys fall on the games that are now out for the various consoles? Knack is my favorite, I said uh, before. Uh, Knack is the best game that has come out on next year. It's so funny you said it because oh, no, it's so controversial. I, I, I don't I, know I, about I, that. I, I really enjoy Knack myself. I, I really like, like I would put uh, Need for Speed Rivals just above it. I think Need for Speed Rivals is definitely one of the best games on next gen. Uh, Assassin's Creed 4, if you haven't played it already, is very good on next gen. I think if you look at exclusives, I think Knack is probably... Um, I mean, Killzone's really good, too. Knack may be more interesting and it will appeal to some players. I think on Xbox One, you have a lot of good exclusives from Dead Rising, which is yeah. uh, really good. Very good game. Um, Killer Instinct's really good. Forza's really good. I think, I, I was saying this earlier in there, I think Rise got a little bit of a bad rap and actually is really beautiful really? and fun. I actually enjoyed Rise. Because I it did get a bad rap. I'm I mean, really it's, it's, it's been so like poo-pooed that. now at this point. It's like, I really want to uh, play that. Uh, you should check Rise out. I've actually really enjoyed it. Um, I can see why some people might have thought it got repetitive. I'd say put it on hard and really force yourself to learn the combat mechanics and play it well because the timing's really important and you know and like i said it's probably the best looking next gen game as well i was literally playing andrea is screaming i can't hear it because i don't have monitors at the moment I, she she's isn't like, pressing she's the like button. waving her hands and screaming and pointing and gesticulating wildly huh? uh, uh, she said i'm right yeah, she yeah, said she, no. she's apologizing for everything she's ever said on this podcast over oh god she doesn't have a time wait 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 what about wonder book what Hi, babe. Would there you like a seat? so many men on this podcast. I just need to say... Yeah. Would you like to sit next to me? That, what yes, was the question? Okay, thank you. James, James's Nothing point... Nothing a lot of laughing in the other James's room. James's right point 
needs some merits. I just think that he. <laughs> Your point has no merits. It has no merits. It needs merits. merits. Yes. You need some demerits. Which point? About rise. Have no merit. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody come in here for the Don't last. Don't listen to the annoying guy. We'll sing along. We are Everybody the world. Wait, we should have everyone in here Everybody for the reading of the results. No, I, I really think that Mark, Rise got with a with bad rap, and I know. Oh, sit we know what happens. Marcus Finally. is going to sit with yes, you. Yes, everybody. Yeah. Can, everybody say, pegs me as the Xbox fan girl, whatever, whatever. That's the first sign that it sucks. So Shane says that anytime someone tells you to play a game on hard mode, that means it's well. I didn't say it was fucking game of the year. Jesus. No. Oh, it's just Halo's better on hard. No, I did not. We, we all know that GTA V is game, game of, of the year. year. You know that. It, right. it was very close, as actually. The wheels, as the wheels come off. So hold on. Here we go. I Drum roll. So, so we're, we will have it. We're, I'm going to go through the entire top ten quickly. Wait, 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 wait. Everyone start talking. All right. Ninth runner up. Latest stage. All right. So by the way, gathered in the studio right now, we have Andrew Yoon, Jeff Mattis, Ozzy Mejeda. Did I say it right that time? No. Mejia? <laughs> Mejia, is that right? You worked with him for how how long? You worked <laughs> with him. Oh, my God. A lot of bikinis on the screen. Awesome. Right? So, so, I've only worked here for three years. It's no big deal. So it, any the only way you made the top ten. Oh, Mejia? Yes. Mejia. Christian Spicer. Hello, Spicer. <laughs> you can't have an argument on Christmas. Hey, Kanata, you look really good today. James Stevenson, Shane Satterfeld, Jason Paul, Marcus Beer, Jeff Kanata, and my lovely associate... Andrea Renee. Okay. Yes. So, so ninth runner. We, everyone's had a ballot, and the only way you made this list was either getting a first place vote or having multiple votes for the game. Okay. So the you did ninth, a weighted, the, in other words, you did a weighted ballot. It was how, a weighted how, ballot how system. How many people voted for Rogue Legacy? Uh, Rogue Legacy got one first place vote, <laughs> yes! which makes it the number ten game on the list. Shit. Ninth that's, runner up. <laughs> that's followed by Guacamelee. Uh, we then have Bioshock Infinite, uh, so, which hold on, scored... we're gonna slow down. so seventh runner up is Bioshock Infinite. Correct. Or, or you could just say, <laughs> or seventh, or that would be eighth place with right, Bioshock Infinite. Way to say. Yeah, let's, no, let's let's just, like it is the stupidest way. Eighth place. All right, fine, fine. Yeah. So seventh, seventh place, Assassin's Creed Four. Nobody mm-hmm. put it number one though. Interesting. Uh, sixth place. Sixth place was Brothers. Yeah, well, that's uh, and uh, and actually that was a tie. So that AC Four and Brothers were tied. However, I broke the tie and gave Brothers sixth place because Brothers did have one Wait, game you of the year vote. Arbitrarily, oh, I broke no, it no, arbitrarily. No, 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 but because someone gave it game of the year, and that's as the such, way we that, 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 br- yeah, that would break wow. the, that would break the tie. Year. I don't know. The, it was a blind ballot. Wow. Is anyone oh, on? That's right. That's right. You said that. You're gonna regret that you didn't put Last of Us higher, Jason. Yeah, I only voted like five because it was that close. And then we get into our top five. Top five. Top five. Nintendo takes one, the fifth place spot with The Legend of Zelda. Really? Yes. Fifth, fifth place. place. That, that's sort of a surprise. Is that, is that too high or too low? Too, too, low. Low. too, too low. low. Too low. Too low. Too low. But, but it's a good top four, and it had one first place vote from yours truly. We then move up to Tomb Raider, which wow. barely wow. edged Zelda out with, and has one first place vote. Oh, it was on Zelda. Zelda. Tomb Raider was a lot of like fourth and fifth place, picked up a lot of points. Uh, Mario 3D World is your number three Ooh, game of the yeah. year, according to our solid, ballot, with solid. two first place votes. Go with you. Now, the final was sort of interesting it's because. Last of Us and Grand Theft Auto 5. It is Last of Us and Grand Theft Auto 5, and one of the games had five first place votes while the other had one. But the game that only had one was on many more ballots. Uh, the game of five first place votes was Grand Theft Auto 5, but was left off many ballots. So it was a case of either it's your game of the year or, or it's not even in your top it. five. Huh, and the game of the year was Grand Theft Auto 5 by a total of two weighted points. Yeah, wow. Shenanigans! <laughs> wow! So, yeah, there, and, that, and, that, and that is the so list. We go, chose folks. Grand Theft Auto 5, five first place votes out of our... 
Yes. All right. Five out of 13 first place votes. Now that we have everyone in the room, we are going to do a uh, Jingle Bells are, uh, in in, in the are. round style. Yes, a victim. No, we're not. No, we're not. Probably not. Andrea, she's been drinking. Uh, we still have a whole other so show. Grand Theft Auto is the weekend confirmed 2013 game of the year. I'm no, my favorite vote. favorite game. Hey, how can you make that face? <laughs> I'm bummed. Why are you bummed? No, you're it buzzed. It was a voted weighted system. Because he, he didn't give it a vote. He didn't give it a vote. It wasn't on my list. Was, yeah. I, that's why I was so surprised when you said that earlier. I know, but you know, oh, it's understandable. So let it be known: the only reason the real best game of the year didn't win is because the guy who works for the studio. Took one for the team and didn't vote at best game. No, he he could he gave it second place or he gave Last of Us second place, I believe, right? Yeah. So it would have only gained one point. I'm sorry, I the will guy know. who used to but work at, at the studio. At, at, <laughs> it's, at, it's real. Yeah. <laughs> I, it is interesting though because Grand Theft Auto, 25 of its 37 points came from its first place votes. So the other eight votes only gave it 12 points, whereas Last of Us scored 35 points with one first place vote, meaning that, me. that the 12 votes gave it. Uh, tw- the uh, twelve votes gave it thirty points, so it got a ton more votes in general. Math, more but- stats, more <laughs> stats, more <laughs> stats. <laughs> Sorry for the I math. Confused, so am I. One game is less polarizing than the other. All that matters is that there was an amazing game, uh, amazing year of games. Don't. Don't leave me that face. This is amazing game of years. The only takeaway I got... Your merits have points. The only takeaway I got from this is that Rockstar paid five of you guys off. (laughs) (laughs) And no one else. In bitcoins, too. I know, I didn't didn't get my check. (laughs) All right, well, the good news is if you think this sounds fun, we still have a whole other show to record that's coming up next. I think we're going to order pizza. It's already ordered, I hope. Oh, I think it's here. All right, see you guys. We still have a whole other bottle of bourbon to drink and more beer and lots of fun to be had but we hope you've had a fantastic holiday Happy everything Fest of us have a holly jolly for the rest christmas. of us merry yes. christmas you guys uh, holiday greetings any of you want to shout out anybody say hello this is your opportunity feel free to jump on the mic no no or one cares. not merry or christmas don't. merry merry That's christmas fine all right thank you so much to the atlantis group who's been a terrific host to us i want to say a big <laughs> thank you to somebody first I know everyone wants to laugh, but I want to big, give a big thank you to you, Garnet, for being Aww, a really yes. amazing host and really like pioneering something in the podcasting gaming community that a lot of people really love. And there's a lot of gaming podcasts oh, out you're there. So sweet. But I think we all can but. agree that we can confirm this the best because you are our uh, defiant leader. Who's defiant leader? leader. <laughs> Looking defiant? for fearless so hard, what not coming up with it. No, damn it, we are doing a show today. I don't care what anyone says. Exactly. What, what, what Spicer said. Exactly. And on that note, <laughs> that's a lie. Marcus Beer is liar. Oh, oh, she knows well otherwise. The end of show two. Right Doesn't now. our engineer have to leave right now? Nice. We're done. Yeah, we're done. Yeah. We have to get him to his kids' Christmas what play. We, what are we going to do? No, you tell me. Song. What are we? We're, we're we are Christmas ghosts. Christmas ghosts. A pack. Christmas ghosts. Three ghosts. What? What? We'll visit you tonight.
podcast is brought to you by Doghouse Systems, elite gaming PCs engineered by gamers and for gamers. Use code TGIF to get a free weekend confirmed t-shirt and a $30 credit for slashloot.com. Go to www.doghousesystems.com to see what system is right for you.